Jay Leno, he's apologizing because the woke have come for him. You see, he used to make jokes about Asian people, and he knew in his heart it was wrong. It's really amazing. You know, we've seen these stories about these comedians. We had that one woman, Ellery Smith. She's a writer with Robot Chicken, where she just comes out and tweets that she's a violent racist, as if that's going to make her, her job prospect get better. And she also made disparaging comments about Asians. It's funny because I brought this up probably a year or two ago. When we're talking about critical race theory and bigotry and all this social justice stuff, I'm like, man, these people sure do love to make fun of Asian people. Well, now critical race theory is coming back for them because the rules, which aren't solidified, I guess, changed. And now all these people that thought they were in, you know, on the right side and allowed to do what they do, you know, everyone in the crowd was doing it. So they did it. Now they're getting canceled. Jay Leno's scared. He's going to lose his job. So he's like, I admit it. I knew it was wrong the whole time. That's what I don't get. Like, you want to apologize for being racist or whatever? Fine. But to come out and be like, I always knew what I was doing was wrong. That's crazy. Because why would anyone want to work with, work with you after that? Now, I get it. Jay Leno's retired. But we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about cancel culture. We got a bunch of other, you know, ridiculous stories. Dollar Shave Club apparently announced that they're shutting down their magazine. And I'm like, I wonder what kind of magazine this is. It's like, apparently it's a men's magazine. But it's like super woke and anti-masculine. It's no wonder they shut it down. Get woke, go broke. Jay Leno's gonna, gonna reel from this because now he's admitted he's always been a racist. Congratulations, Jay. You're a racist. That's your legacy from now on. Joining us to talk about these issues in cancel culture and comedy is comedian Aaron Berg. How's it going, man? Good. How are you? Pretty good. Uh, so, uh, what's your deal? You're a comedian. Is that it? I'm a comedian. I have a show on Compound Media, and it is called In Hot Water. It's Monday to Thursday with the brilliant Gino Bisconti. I use the word brilliant very loosely. <laughs> and uh, I also have a Patreon show called Gum Fridays on Fridays, and I've been doing stand-up in New York City for almost 10 years. I've been doing stand-up for 20 years. Uh, I'm... Extremely funny and oh, 20 uh, years. Yeah. So, so, so you probably made the same racist jokes as Jay Leno. More, you, more. more. <laughs> on behalf of Jay Leno, I would like to apologize. Uh, <laughs> well, hold on. I'm Asian, so I'm allowed to laugh. You guys have to shut up. Thank okay. you. Yeah, okay. racist. Yeah. Wasn't funny. Uh, wasn't funny. <laughs> I, I opened on Saturday with, I go, I'm exhausted. I have been killing Asian masseuses all week, no, and I am just not... wiped out. Oh, and two others, but nobody cares about them because mm. they weren't Asian. Wow. Wow. Uh, and that's a brutal commentary on the media, though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, why don't they care about those mm. two people? They don't care about Chicago. They don't care about what's been going on in Chicago every weekend for the past year. No. But, so, but that's a, a typical talking point. It's been going on for more than the past year. Right. Right. right and right, shootings, right. we thought were going to take a curb because of COVID, but they haven't. Shootings got worse. Uh, yeah. But I mean, at the same time, there's mass riots and they're calling for defunding the police. So, all right, we'll, we'll get into this. We'll save it for the, okay. for the bigger conversation. But, uh, you know, Ian's chilling. Oh, hey, here. everybody. Hey. Uh, Ian Crossland here. That was high, Aaron. Nice to meet you. You too, man. This Good is great. Time. It's it's so fun to be in this nondescript location, which is <laughs> like very well hidden out. And I drove here and it took all day and it was raining. And I go, why am I doing this? And then I got here and I was <laughs> like, yeah. and I go, this is why mm -hmm. is because of those hot dogs we had. That's Ooh, <laughs> Good goddamn hot dogs. This is really funny. We're gonna we're we're gonna do live events here, and one of the events we're planning on doing is a, is a Chicago event. Yeah, and so we're going to fly out probably like a thousand dollars worth of pizza uh, and hot dogs. And it's funny because Barack Obama, there's this email where it's like he had a party in DC, he had a party at the White House where he flew out like thirty grand worth of pizza and hot dogs from Chicago. Yeah, and the conspiracy theorists started telling everybody that it meant children. Right. When quite literally, Chicago has Lou Malnati's, Giordano's, and Portillo's hot dogs. Mm. 
So we actually, you, you can get Portillo's hot dogs overnighted. They're very, very famous. It's a very famous style. You get sports peppers, you get celery salt, you get a big old pickle and tomatoes. And it's Chicago's got its, its famous hot dog and it's got, uh, it's got its famous Maxwell Street Polish. So I'm like, yeah, we're going to we're gonna fly out pizza and hot dogs for this event and then like make fun of the conspiracy theory, you know? You know? Yeah, people are going to yeah. think that you're this incredible leftist that has this pedophile <laughs> ranch in the middle of nowhere. Oh, no, and no. I think no. That we're you, making fun of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You could also, because it's Chicago weekend, just bring in a whole bunch of gangbangers to shoot each other on your back 40. It'll be just I like home. it'll be phenomenal. <laughs> it sounds like we're going to get in trouble on this episode. So. Yeah, Why? Well, I, yeah. I thought that I was treading very lightly. But <laughs> I... I, I <laughs> You came out with a bang. All right. All right. So, uh, ladies, pressing. I'm buttons. also in the corner. I'm going to laugh my tail off tonight and I'm going to love it. It's going to be awesome. All right. Well, before we get banned from the internet, yeah. uh, we got a sponsor today and <laughs> it's, it's, it's Biotrust. I'm extremely uh, excited for this. Go to strongerbonesandlife.com and you can secure your supply of Biotrust Ageless Multi Collagen up to 51% off while supplies last. We, we actually have it right here. Ian puts it in his coffee. It's like, so good. You know, all, all, all the time, actually. He's drinking it right now. It's creamy. And uh, I put it in smoothies. Collagen, for those that don't know, it's an important protein for your skin, your bones, your joints. So, you know, being a 35-year-old skateboarder and trying to exercise, I take that seriously. I'll make smoothies, protein shakes, and I definitely love this Biotrust stuff. But they, uh, they, they got a bunch of really important things they want me to tell you about. Go to StrongerBonesInLife.com. You'll find the link in the description below. 60-day money-back guarantee. They say the five key types of collagen you need from four different sources— Hydrolyzed collagen peptides, meaning better and faster digestibility to support maximum benefits. For every order today, we donate a nutritious meal to a hungry child in your honor through their partnership with NoKidHungry.org. To date, Biotrust has provided over 4.4 million meals to hungry kids. Please help Biotrust hit their goal of 5 million meals this year. It's non-GMO and free of artificial colors, flavors, preservatives, sweeteners, free of gluten, antibiotics, and RBGH and RBST. No odor, no taste, unlike bone broth or other collagen supplements. No clumping. Free shipping with every order, and this is really awesome. You get free VIP live health and fitness coaching from Biotrust's team of expert nutrition and health coaches for life with every order. <laughs> that sounds amazing. I don't know how they afford that. That's, that's, that's really great. And a free new e-report. The 14 foods for amazing skin with every order. So seriously, in the description below, you will find strongerbonesandlife.com. Check it out. Pick up your collagen. And shout out to Biotrust. Thank you for sponsoring the show. And don't forget, if I can find where the mouse is, go to timcast.com to become a member and get access to exclusive members-only segments of the Timcast Arrow podcast. We had Jody Shaw yesterday. We had Chrissy Mayer the day before. And typically in these exclusive segments, you'll hear... A robust array, uh, array uh, a variety of profanities from the people. Well, not always, but uh, we do swear more. and We say things that YouTube doesn't want us to say. And I can only imagine it'll be a particularly spicy members-only segment tonight. So go to TimCast.com, become a member. But let's get into that first story. The story about Jay Leno. He says, according to the Daily Mail, I, in my heart, I knew it was wrong. Jay Leno apologizes to Asians for decades of jokes. That promoted stereotypes and were made as recently as 2020. They say Media Action Network for Asian Americans uh, waged 15 year campaign to end the remarks. The comedian says at the time he believed the jokes were harmless. Comments continued until last year when Leno cracked about Koreans eating dog meat. Leno says the apology is not the result of cancel culture, but a legitimate wrong that was done on my part. It's amazing. I mean, that's that's the gist of it. Uh, apparently, he offended numerous people on the set of NBC's America's Got Talent. Quote, at the time I did those jokes, I genuinely thought them to be harmless, Leno said. 
during a recent uh, video conference with M-A-N-A-A. I was making fun of our enemy, North Korea. And like most jokes, there was a ring of truth to them. <laughs> what? Wow. Wow. Yikes. Wait, 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 wait. He's like, I apologize for making these offensive <laughs> statements. That were true. They were true. Wow. That, that, I love it. I, is Jay Leno actually just... You know, taking the piss. He could be trolling. Yeah, is he trolling us? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Was actually, I love it. He, he felt like they were harmless, but he knew in his heart they were they was were wrong. It, what, exactly. what is he saying? Was, he says I was making. He said I, I genuinely thought them to be harmless. He says I knew they were wrong. He says like most jokes, there was a ring of truth to them. Yeah. You talk. <laughs> Wow. I know it was wrong, but I was absolutely right yeah, in saying this. And it's not like I went after South Korea. They still have the internet, so I wouldn't attack them. Wow. Sheesh. I kind of feel like, did we just may, maybe get punked by Jay Leno and he's just laughing all the way to the bank now? Like, he doesn't care. He's retired, I guess. He's, he's super rich. He's just trolling like uh, Tatiana McGrath right now. Yes. <laughs> he's yes. just like <laughs> fake apology. I, I get it. You, you could feel bad about it. You know, Leno is a typical edgelord. If you remember, yeah. his, I'm joking. He was never no. He was known for towing the line yeah. as much Stodgy as you could tow the line. Late it, night, extremely. Never touched his Tonight Show money. Every cent he made, all in the bank, lived off of his stand-up money. It's really? a, it's a very well-known fact. But you can't. No one called him out for it. So I get that you feel badly about it, but keep it to yourself and make a donation. You don't have to go out and throw yourself under the bus. What's his show that he has now? It's about cars or something, right? Yeah, I don't know, but I can't believe he said that. I'd like to apologize for making these offensive jokes, which were true, by the way. <laughs> no, no. So there's another quote. He says, whenever we received a complaint, there would be two sides to the discussion. Either, quote, we need to deal with this or screw them if they can't take a joke. Too many times I sided with the latter, even when in my heart I knew it was wrong. Leno says the apology was not the result of pressure from so-called cancel culture that has drawn complaints from, from others whose comments came under public fire for actions or statements. Leno said the apology was the result of a legitimate wrong that was done on my part. You know what, man? I'm, I'm offended. I'm offended right now. I think what Jay Leno is saying, this apology is extremely racist to my, to my family, mm -hmm. to the, and I, I, I'll mean this sincerely. It's patronizing. Yeah. When yeah. he makes a joke about a despotic, uh, you know, authoritarian regime in North Korea, good. Screw him. Like, these are the North Korean Communist Party or whatever you call it. Kim Jong-un, these are bad people. They put people in gulags for thought crime. Right. We do not like the authoritarian garbage. We like the idea that we can poke fun at each other and treat each other as equals. Because that's what it is. If I can make fun of you, you can make fun of me. We can knock each other down a peg or two. We get it. It's jokes, right? Jay Leno coming out. He's not doing it because he actually cares. He, he, he made these jokes recently. All of a sudden, now he's trying to act like he's not, you know, being racist or whatever. I actually find what he's doing to be the racist. Thing. It's more racist because he's clumping all Asian people together because he feels bad about a shooting where six Asian women were killed and he saw his friend go down for the robot chicken thing or whatever happened. Yeah. But he's it's it's the flavor of the week. Yep. This these, week these is people, the flavor of the week. I'll tell you what offends what 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 what, what I find offense about the whole thing is that they only started caring not not even because of this this event that happened in Atlanta. They don't care about that. They care because the tide shifted in the, the, the woke cult, and now they have to, you know, move with the, the, the hive. And so that's it. They don't know about what happened. They don't care about the news. All of a sudden they heard, oh, you're going to get in trouble because there's a protest that says stop Asian hate. And they're like, oh, okay, I'll pretend to care now. I don't but think it, Jay Leno cares. Is Jay Leno really going to get in trouble? I mean, he's at that, he's at that level of rich where you're not going to make a dent in it. 
and I think that there's this that I push all the time. To me, there's there's nothing sacred. I can joke about Boulder today. I could joke about a Muslim guy in a racially motivated attack killing a whole bunch of white people. I can joke about well, the media that says that's not the case. Yeah, well, I'm not the media. I'm a truth teller. No, no so, I'm just saying like there's a, there's a narrative, you know. Yeah, like, and I know what the narrative is, and we witness that narrative. So I I think that we take in some of that groupthink that even though we have these beliefs, we still take in the real liberal left soft. We're wrong. We need to make the world a better place. And I get it. I've battled with it too. But that's how you know you're a good person because you go. Oh, should I be doing this? And you go, yeah, I should. Because comics <laughs> comics deal in negative currency. We attack racism. We attack homophobia. We attack transphobia. Mm. And we make jokes about all of it. Right. You said your favorite joke was that classic Chappelle thing from a year and a half. Mine's was my favorite joke. It's a damn but, good but joke. But Chappelle, <laughs> when he squinted his eyes and bucked his teeth. Yeah. Like Dave Chappelle on one of the biggest comedy specials only a couple of years ago. Did a 19, was it like a 1920s style and oh, yeah. like stereotypical? Teeth. Yeah, 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 yeah. And was, what, what was the joke? Like, like it was a, it was but a, this is how I feel. A trans inside. Chinese person. Yeah. And he did the accent, he did everything. And I'm, I am so, uh, grateful to Dave Chappelle for doing that joke. It's because, freeing. Well, it's because, remember, what's his name? Shane, I think Shane Gillis is Gillis, his name. Yeah. He, he said a word we're not allowed to say on, on YouTube. But he was accusing other people of saying these things, right? He was like, yep. these other people say these bigoted things like this. And apparently, they, like some other times in the show, they had done like Asian accents or whatever, yeah. like mock ones. He loses his job over this. And he was actually being semi-critical of other people. Like he was pointing out something someone else does. Dave Chappelle literally did it. Yeah. And they all just said, thank, thank you, Dave. That was very funny. And I'm like, okay, good. Yeah. Look, man, we need, to be, we, we need to be able to make fun of other people. I do think that there are limits to reasonable, you know, good faith efforts at comedy. Like there are some people I think just try to make everyone offended and not actually make any points. But those aren't the funny comics. Right, right, right. There's a handful of really good comics in this world currently, and it's right. probably 50. And yeah. that's including England and they're long winded storytellers, but there's still something really relevant to the craft that they do. But what we do, it's negative currency. We take all this horrible stuff and it, the end is positive. When you come to a live show, which you will, or if you bring us here for a live show on Chicago Definitely. weekend, cause I would come for pizza yeah. if it's a cheat day. And then <laughs> when you have, when you see the way these people laugh, and I'm not talking giggles, like the stuff that I do in New York in front of the most diverse audiences in the world has people holding their stomachs laughing. So it's a negative thing that has a positive end. I've, I've seen Joe, Joe uh, Rogan's show yeah. oh my in, in Philly. And he goes after everybody. He's he's really good spirited about it. He's not like it's you, you get it. I've seen Dave Chappelle's special, and I grew up with George Carlin. Yeah, and George Carlin has got some spicy bits to say the least. And people used to cheer and clap for it because we understood. I guess you know I don't know what changed, but now you've got these Puritans that somehow formed on the left that just want to cancel people. And the problem is there's this weird marriage between establishment media digital advertising. Uh, and then when the wokeness cancel culture stuff came in, it latched on to this establishment media. So now because of that, all of these people, people like Jay Leno will just be like, tell me what you want me to say. And I'll say it. That's right. basically what they're doing. So they're abandoning their principles or, or showing us they never had them to begin with, or they're showing us they're absolute cowards. And they don't care to, to actually 
stand up for true classically liberal values, freedom of spe- freedom of speech. You know, progressive thought. Right. Yeah. You know, you know, what's really crazy. I was listening to um, I don't I forget, I remember. I was listening to uh, and the, 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 uh, I was listening to that Eminem song. I think it's called Without Me. Mm-hmm. I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, that's what it's called. But what's really fascinating about older Eminem music is that it was very topical and offensive and controversial. So, like, he's got that line where he's like, you know, the Grammys try to bring bring him there. And he's like, why? Because you guys just lied so you can get me here, sit me sit me here next to Britney, Britney Spears. Mm-hmm. Christina Aguilera better switch me chairs so I can sit next to Carson Daly and Fred, Fred Durst. Here, Margie over who she... To first, you know, we'll keep it family friendly a little bit. But uh, that was a popular song where he was calling out a female pop star for going down on a couple of other yeah. celebrities. And that was a hit song. Everybody was loving it. They were laughing it. I, I guess Christina Aguilera did a diss track against them. And I'm thinking about that song where he's like, we need a little controversy. It feels so empty without me. And now we have this story where apparently like they're trying to cancel Eminem. You know, like the Gen Z has been complaining about him being a bigot and stuff and saying offensive things. Of course he said offensive things. It's Eminem, dude. What do you think? Yeah. And he made a song called like, you know, Cancel Me or something. Hmm. It's not very good in my opinion, but whatever. And I'm just, it's, it's, it's interesting now how much things have changed and how we have this generation that grew up on South Park, on Family Guy and Eminem and all these shows have become Puritans. And then you get, like I mentioned, the establishment is scared. They bend the knee to this stuff. Digital advertising gets scared. They bend the, bend the knee to this stuff. It's a it's a dramatic transformation in only like 10 years. You know what I mean? It is. But you're also aware of how much ebb there's been and how much uh, the plates have shifted. That you don't really need advertiser dollars anymore. That you can you can make your own way. You look at, you know, other comics that have done it. They build their own audience. They go out on their own. It's... It's meant to be controversial. If you're not in trouble, you're not doing anything or saying anything. But they'll try and shut you down for something totally unrelated. If you if you were spewing this rant on why you think COVID wasn't a real thing and that it was, you know, to do something else politically, uh, they would disagree with that, but they would try and shut you down for using a slur for I mean, well, a little person look at or Cuomo. something. Yeah. Cuomo, he, Cuomo, Cuomo gets caught trying to cover up the death of 15,000 people due to his policies. He put sick people in his nursing homes. He was warned by the nursing homes, you're going to kill people. And he said, do it anyway. And then they call for his resignation because a handful of women came out and accused him of inappropriate behavior. And I'm like, you know, it's tough. Do, uh, am I happy that they're calling for his resignation because he's a bad guy who's got to get out? Or is it bad because it's just the ends justify the means? They ignore the atrocity and they're like, but don't you slight women. That's, that's it. That's it, right? They, people won't come after the thing that really offends them because they know that they will lose that argument. So instead, they look for these other little thorns in your side. So it's like if I've done transphobic jokes mm. or anti-Asian jokes, that's what people come after. Because the, they know that the product is, oh, here's an hour of making people laugh hysterically we can't argue with that but we can argue with hey you can't do that asian joke that you did two years ago that's what they just want to pick it and my belief is that people that really try and cancel comics is to negate those people out of the way to open up have you ever seen woke comedy yeah i they try and cancel me they'll tag clubs it's horrible it's (laughs) it's it's unwatchable there was no no no, but hold on hold, hold on it's like it, it reminds me of, uh, you watch Futurama? 
You ever, no. Have you ever seen Futurama? I've seen it. So they, they, there's one episode, it's way, way back in the day, they crash land on an Amazonian planet populated by all of these massive, like, 10-foot-tall, super-ripped women. That's racist. And uh, racist, like, <laughs> sexist. And so the Amazonians are explaining how they have basketball and no can dunk, but good fundamentals. Yeah. And so, like, they're, they're, they're kind of <clears throat> making that joke as well, that it's like, it's not entertaining to watch, but it's the right, you know, but you're so, you have to support it because it's the right ideology, right? Yeah. So you have these woke comics. It's awful, unwatchable. I watched a special from Vice on woke comedy, and it was really sad. I saw that, too. It, it was sad. It was the person making fun of themselves the whole time, yeah. and I was like, dude, this is depressing me, dude. Like, I'm not laughing. Yeah. I feel bad for this person. It's like, I'm going to go out, and I'm going to, like, I'm going to go ride my bike and get exercise, because that person depressed the hell out of me. Yeah. Like, hearing them just complain about how miserable their life is. The old rule is tragedy plus time. They want to take the tragedy away and just be like, here's the time. Yeah. And it's boring. It is. And, and, but it's, it's, it's like buzzwords. They'll, it's clapter, you know? Yeah. Like they'll get up on stage and be like, <laughs> those white supremacists, they're bad, right? Yeah. There's a lot of uh, white people bashing. Now, I haven't yeah. seen it that much in the past year because comedy's been either like illegal and taking place in speakeasy environments or outdoors. Illegal. And the only real people that have been doing it are the people that are, ballsy enough to go out and be like, hey, I don't care about this thing that killed 500,000 people, allegedly, but I'm going to go out and uh, just do comedy. And that's why the audiences are also more right wing now. So they're more willing to laugh at stuff. Well, they're more willing to come out. Yeah. This is the crazy thing. So we had uh, Chrissy uh, Mayer on. Yeah, I watched. You know Chrissy. Yeah, I know Chrissy. And I think she brought this up or the subject came up where you have all of these leftists who are scared of COVID. They don't want to go out. All of these urban environments where they've shut everything down because of COVID. So what's left? Conservatives are willing to come to your show. Not necessarily conservatives, but people who aren't scared are willing to come to your show. Right. And you can do it in more conservative areas and red states where they didn't lock everything down. So these left-leaning individuals, or whatever you want to call it, corporate Democrat types, politically sheep, whatever, are in their apartments doing nothing, not going out. Comedy clubs are being shuttered. And then comedians are doing jokes for conservatives. Yeah. You know, where you're more, you're, where you actually have your, your, your business still exists. Think about what's going to happen when, when all of this finally gets lifted. And who knows when it'll get lifted for the blue states because the red states are already opening up. They're going to be stunted by like a year market wise. You are going to have way more conservatives with savings, with money because they're in business. Yeah. They're going to get a year advance on all of these left wing. You're going to get a bunch of liberals working for conservatives. They're going to need a job and who's going to own the jobs? The conservatives. Yeah. And you go online, all the conservative comics are like, hey, I'm in Omaha this weekend. Hey, I'm here this weekend. Hey, I'm here. All the liberal comics are like, when's that stimmy coming through? And they're just waiting for that stimmy. And they still call it stimmy. I don't understand why. We were talking before about advertising and uh, how you don't really need it, right? Right. I think. But let me say this. Seems like a great product and a great company. Definitely. That gives back. To people and genuinely cares about people. Yeah. 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 For sure. I mean, we have a handful of sponsors, but uh, what I mean is there's this, there's this uh, interesting overlap between digital marketing and entertainment and the resistance, the anti Trump Democrat types and the wokeness. And so that's why you see every major brand change their logo to a rainbow in June because they're like, this is what people like. But most people probably just shrug and say, I don't know, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, that's cool, I guess. It's not like they're actually going to make more money by doing this. 
So it's interesting that these companies that tow that woke line think it's the right path forward. It's not going to make a money. And I have a story for you. Check this out. This is from Business Insider. Dollar Shave Club has laid off all of its staff at men's lifestyle site, M-E-L, source says, and is looking for a rescue buyer. Now, on the surface, this doesn't sound like a get woke, go broke story, but I assure you it is. They say Dollar Shave Club is laying off staff, the staff of Mel Magazine, its men's lifestyle and culture website. A person with the direct knowledge of the matter said Mel staffers were informed of the layoffs on Wednesday. The publication is seeking a buyer and many uh, and many and I'm sorry, and may face shutting down if it doesn't find one. It was unclear how many people were affected. Mel's masthead lists about 20 people plus 16 contributors. They say after six years of successful partnership and transforming the men's health and media spaces for the better. You see that Mel and Dollar Shave Club's financial relationship will come to an end in 60 days. Editor-in-Chief Josh Skolmeyer said in a statement, he added, Mel will stop publishing Effective Wednesday, and the complete focus will now be on finding the right new owner. This has always been a part of the plan for our brand-backed partnership, and we're incredibly proud of what we've built together. You got you to you take a look at this one very important point. They say, transforming the men's health and media spaces for the better. What do you think that means, transforming it for the better? It means making it less male. Mm. Yes, uh, getting woke. Look at this. Go to melmagazine.com and the, 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 the headline story. Do I have to? No. The pressure to <laughs> no. act like a man starts in preschool. Boys as young as three are more than happy to police the toy box and make sure that no little dude walks away with a Barbie. I don't care. What does this have to do with men? Show me an article where it's like eating eating steak and fish will make your muscles bigger. Something stereotypically dude-like, I guess. That's the thing. I'm Give not... me three-year-olds on testosterone replacement therapy, <laughs> and then I'll agree with you. Then they have uh, they have this one down here. There's finally a name for Trump's murderous masculinity. Whoa. Who are they marketing to? Women. Frail, low-T, <laughs> liberal men who can't grow beards? First of all, to say that Trump is a vision of masculinity is just incredibly <laughs> yeah. misled. Yeah, seriously. Tiny hands, possibly fake hair, tanning <laughs> lotion Man, on the yeah. face. If, if, if he's just like an out-of-shape, masters-level bodybuilder at best. <laughs> like coming in at 60, thinking he looks good in the mirror, and then he steps out on stage. Oh, like, Against real bodybuilders, he's like, oh boy, Trump's I'm a lot out of, of things, <laughs> a lot of things. But what conservative or Trump supporter was coming out preaching about Trump's masculinity? Yeah, I've no, never, like, not once, not no, once. no. Like I, I've heard talk about you know working class populism, protecting the worker, borders, national security. But I've not seen that group of like staunch MAGA hat wearing guys being like Trump is our vision of masculinity. There's like pictures of him, artwork where he looks ripped. Yeah, and cut. yeah I have seen those with the hawk behind him. Yeah, ah. He's, he's ripped. I love it when Ben Ben Garrison draws Trump because he makes him, yeah. you know, super ripped and like strong. But I I think they all kind of get the joke of it. Trump is an old he's he's an old man, and he's very out of shape. Yeah. And I'll tell you this, I'd be willing to bet that. Compared to your average person in this country, Donald Trump, how can I phrase this properly? It is extremely unlikely likely that Donald Trump has ever had to walk a mile. Mm. That's yeah. it. Be- I mean, look, he's been he was born into wealth. He he's he's rich. I'm sure he's walked. You know, he, he golfs. Right. So I'm, I'm sure that he's walked periods. He rides most of the time. But he well now <laughs> as, as an old guy. But I'm sure right. I'm sure, you know, at some point in his life, he, he did walk a mile. I'm not saying he never yeah. did. That would be ridiculous. He doesn't have to. Right. And so, whereas a normal person might be like, I got to go to the store and I got to walk and carry a cart with me. 
Trump walks outside, and there's a car waiting for him. It's probably always been that way. Yeah. So he's not a vision of, of masculinity. I will say this. He's, what's the right word for Trump? I, want, I don't want to say like he's a tough guy. Kind of. No, no, no. Like, like aggressive. <laughs> too, maybe. He's, he ag- aggressive, he's aggressive yeah. and arrogant. Mentally, let's say he's masculine. Sure. Maybe yeah. mentally maybe, he's maybe, masculine. Maybe that's what they're trying to say. Oh. But I don't, I, don't even, I don't even know if I agree with that. I, I'd say he was, I guess, I guess if you say aggressive behavior and, and arrogance. I and, mean, I think to be a success in business, you have to have. Uh, I don't know if it had, see, to term it a masculine mentality is wrong. It's just, uh, the idea of grift, the idea of innovation, the idea of cutting deals. Those are traditionally associated with male values, but they're not. You can see by the success that, uh, female business owners have. It, it's something that can be emulated. So success what, so, in business can be emulated. So, uh, just to, you know, bring it back to the core issue, I guess, there are certain things that men stereotypically like. And I suppose the argument from these these brands is that, you know, we transformed it for the better because men shouldn't be masculine. It's toxic or whatever. I guess it's their attitude. They didn't transform it for the better. Nobody was reading their magazine and they're they're losing their principal sponsor that funded them because nobody wants to read this stuff. Look, I don't read men's health, you know, and there's a there's a bunch of channels. There was one. We did a segment on. um I can't remember what we were talking about. We're talking about men not getting. Da- oh, no, no. We we're talking about the Try Guys. You know, the Try Guys. No. So this was a group of dudes at BuzzFeed. And they got their testosterone levels checked. Huh. And their testosterone levels were lower than that of an 85-year-old man. Okay. Now, that's sad. I'm like, I'm not trying to rag, rag on these guys. I'm like, dude, if you if you go to the doctor and you get your T levels checked and they're like, yo, you're 25 and your testosterone is lower than that of an 85-year-old man, you might have a serious problem. Yeah. I don't know, maybe cancer or something. There might be some serious hormonal imbalance. Prostate, possibly. And and so everyone's making fun of them. I'm like, nah, that's a medical issue, dude. It's not a joke. I can't believe they published this story, but... We had this one guy, he's got a YouTube channel, it's called, I think it's called More Plates, More Dates. Yeah. He seems like a cool dude. He was like actually um, adding the conversation. He, he ran, runs the video and he's like, there's some good points they made. I thought it was, I thought it was great. Some criticism, some constructive criticism. And, but a lot of the comments were ragging on us. You know, they're like, oh, these guys don't exercise, don't work out or whatever. And it's like, like, I have two skate parks in my house. I, I, I go to skate like almost every single day. I should lift, I suppose. But I, I, I look at this, these conversations and I wonder, I think that the split here is there are these people that believe in constructivism and then there's essentialism and the constructivists are like, we can make a men's magazine telling men that they should play with Barbie and they'll want to read it. Right. And then there's <clears throat> masculine dudes who lift and are super ripped talking about how great they are, you know, and making fun of us or whatever, because there are things that I think guys tend to be into. I think the issue is, look, there's some social construction, like constructivism. Sure. But I think dudes have testosterone. Mm-hmm. I think they have more fast twitch muscles. They have more bone density, more collagen. And there's a reason. And guys are probably going to be predisposed to certain activities. When you make a magazine built against all of that, don't be surprised when you collapse. They're trying to go against nature and be like, here's what you should be. And you're saying, naturally, a man is not supposed to be that. I don't You know, look, it's hard to say naturally. You know, um, but I, that's, that's kind of the gist. It's more like a tendency. Right. You know, men have a tendency in a certain direction towards certain activities. Like, the, the, look, guys have high testosterone, which means they're going to build muscle mass faster. Prenatal testosterone results in more fast switch muscle de- development, which means they have more burst energy, can sprint, can jump, can run faster. You can see this all in the scientific data. So why would you make a magazine critical of all of those things that are physically 
you know, ingrained in men. People are trying to jump on this thing where they think it's the right thing to do and they think it's going to succeed. But your old catchphrase, get woke, go broke, is so applicable yep. in so many forms. I haven't seen any. Okay. Successful comedian, Patton Oswalt. Mm. He's woke. But he wasn't always. No, was he? he was edgy for years. Right. And then now, I mean, what's he done lately? He, he's, he's, he's still working. I'm he's around. He's I, yeah. I think he's like, you know, he he's a step in the Hollywood cog. He works. He's there. I don't know if, you know, a lot of comics are fans of his and the, then there's you know it's because classy, he's man. successful yeah he, he's also got these horrible rumors surrounding him obviously but it's like i think that happens with anybody that gets any modicum of success there's nothing inherently wrong with masculinity but i think we're being fed that there is you're a masculine oh, guy I, mean, I think i think there's tremendous positivity in masculinity i think masculinity is a tremendous and amazing thing and i'll and i'll tell you there's one thing that proves it the demand and the desire from feminists to make women more masculine. That's how so. They'll, well, they, they want. So if you look at traditional gender roles between what is masculine, and what is feminine, the men were the hunters, the gatherers, the, the, the athletes, the soldiers. Feminists want women in combat. They want women as CEOs. They want women in the military industrial complex. They want women's sports to get more prominence. You got uh, Megan Rapinoe saying, we fill stadiums. We deserve this money. They want more prominence for female athletes doing physical activities, which are not traditionally feminine roles. You can argue the gender roles were wrong. Sure, that's that's fine. Make that argument. If you look at the traditional gender roles, you can argue they're wrong. I'm going to break them down. And so that means the things you are encouraging of women are traditionally masculine. You think those things shouldn't be just traditionally masculine, but you are not advocating for men to be more feminine. Or right. I should say, for the most part. There's, where's the big, you know, billboard announcement or like magazine cover story about the CEO who quit to like raise his kids? There are stories like this, for sure. But I mean, like, we constantly hear about the new female CEOs. We constantly hear about women's sports and women. Right. We, we keep hearing that women need to enter the world that was traditionally masculine. That was traditionally a, a male gender role. And they say it's because it shouldn't be that way. Okay, fine argument. Make the argument. We'll talk about it. Where is the equal and opposite reaction saying men shouldn't be in the workplace? Men should be at the home with the kids. That's something that men should do. Because think about it this way. No one is saying men should leave the CEO position. Men shouldn't be in the workplace. Men should. Like, where, where's the magazine that says men belong in the home with the kids? You know, men should be doing this. When they talk about women and the role of women and wives and, and girlfriends and things like this, they say women should be CEOs. They say men can be homemakers, but right. they're not saying they should be homemakers. Right. So whatever it is that men have traditionally done, things associated with masculinity, physical activity, combat, being the CEO, they want women to do. And they are, at the same time, not giving the same amount of energy to the traditionally feminine roles of nurturing. Mm. Like, you got you to gotta, you gotta think about this, too, like. When you think about what femininity is, I'm not, I'm not going to pretend to be an anthropologist or a sociologist, but I'll say men, my view of like men, it's like a, a guy running into a burning building to carry out the kids and save their lives. Men go and, and hunt the, you know, the wild boar or whatever to bring food back for the tribe. They get the job and they go out and they go on dangerous missions. And there is that, uh, I guess there are many people who refer to it as male expendability. And this is because of, you know, women have children and you only need one man you know, to reproduce, but you right. need many women. Then when you look at traditional femininity, what do they do? They create people. They literally gestate them, 
birth them and then raise them and instill them with values. Now, fathers do this as well, but the mothers are the builders of, of people and society and, and, and cultures. That's what femininity, femininity, femininity is. And it's extremely important. And I think it's fair to say when you see many traditional, uh, uh, you know, commentators will say the mother's role is in many ways more important because you need that nurturing role to be there to protect and grow people. That's being left behind and ignored. I wonder, you know, is it an issue of encouraging people not to have kids and families because of overpopulation or why it is or why it emerged? I honestly don't know. But there is a tendency right now to disregard the the traditional uh, feminine role in society while promoting the traditional masculine role. That says to me that society greatly favors masculinity over femininity. And I disagree with that. Right. I I think part of becoming masculine and embracing that is that when you get to a high enough level of that, you achieve this level of, okay, I'm confident enough with where I am as a man, as a provider, as, uh, you know, somebody that supports a family that then, okay, now I can let this, these traditional aspects of femininity into my life where I can help take care of my kid and I can do all this stuff. So I think that it's an evolving to people don't want equal rights. Nobody wants equal right, rights. They want people want extraordinary rights. I, yeah. I think that's what the attempt is. When when I watch, uh, you know, w- when you see some upspurts of, of BLM or some upspurts of feminism, it's like, okay, this is not about achieving equality. It's about achieving a higher up status. That's Definitely. what I see when I look at it from the outside. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's power. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of people, especially the woke people who have found a path to power lies in victimhood. And that's hence you see the oppression Olympics and then you see just ridiculous businesses and attempts to make money off controversy and uh, make TV shows that are overly woke. And it's just awful. cringe. Victimhood is a currency Mm. for them, for for comics in the business. We had a woman that, you know, uh, our fans made a joke about. And then she's like, these are rape threats. Uh, They're coming to my house. No one ever did any of those things. Someone made an off-color joke. And her victimhood helped propel her to the next level. I mean, she used to have 5,000 followers. She's got 60,000 now. Then she'll make a a joke about, I hope Trump dies or something. And then then people go after her and she'll be like, oh, but look what happened. Some guy called me a, a... D-Y-K-A. Am I allowed to say that? No, not on YouTube. But, okay. but I, I'm, I'm, I find but something I spelled it. really curious. Like, I constantly hear from these journalists that they get emails, like these female journalists get emails from guys who call them awful names and say, you're awful fake news. And they use all the slurs in the book. And I'm like, I wonder who writes those emails. You know what I mean? Like, you get this female journalist who works for the New York Times, and then she posts a screenshot saying, here's an email I just received. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dude, I get emails like that too. I just don't post them. Yeah, I but get they, death threats. They, I don't post them. They, but they know because it's currency in their in their tribe. Because so, then we're hypocrites if we post them. We go, hey, look, someone just threatened it. Literally, I have a screenshot of someone saying it would be really funny if uh, some of your loved ones died. Mm. And I know who the guy is. I know he's a real guy, but I don't post it. Because if I post it, then people are like, well, you should take it. You're a big, bad comedian. You should be able to take the death threats. But the other side is not supposed to. It's, it's yes. And I also think. So where's the equality? Is anybody on the side of freedom, maturity, 
going to be like, I'm so sorry for you. Oh, let, let me donate to your GoFundMe because someone said mean words. Mm-hmm. They're going to be like, why are you posting this? Hmm. Yeah. Like, you know, we, we know you're strong enough to be resilient towards this stuff. And you know, we don't care. Yeah. On their side, the way it works is there are, there's a, there are large swaths of people who don't know and don't pay attention. Right. So here's a really good example. We had Jody uh, Shaw on the show the other day, right? You, are you familiar with her story? No. She works at, she worked at Smith College. And she quit and filed a complaint over hostile work environment because they kept, you know, criticizing her for being white and telling her to talk about her race and negatively impacting her job based on race. And she was saying how she didn't complain about it at first because she just thought it was normal and white people don't complain about this stuff. And then eventually she realized it was really eating away inside and that she couldn't stand being attacked based on race. And she did something about it. So what happens is. That, that, that first part of the story she told where she said, you, you're just supposed to accept it. You're not supposed to complain about this. This is what these, these journalists and these, these woke cancel culture people make, make their, the social currency off of. Regular people who aren't paying attention to politics and don't know. They hear a story about a journalist who's getting death threats from Trump supporters, poisons the well for Trump supporters. Then there'll be a Trump supporter saying like, you know, a reasonable, rational guy with a MAGA hat. And they'll be like, it's you. You're the people doing that. And it's because these individuals have no idea what's going on, don't read the news, don't follow the culture, and then they're fed these stories, they just believe them. The yeah. weapons work. Now, for you, you don't have access to the New York Times platform, so you posting that screenshot won't do anything for you. It does everything for them because they have access to, to legacy media and, and these powerful institutions, which is why I, I tweeted earlier, I think I found a solution to uh, help unify the left and the right. Okay. I think we can get the Bernie Sanders supporters and the socialists and the Trump supporters and conservatives together in the same room if we just propose one policy change, mm-hmm. taxing Hollywood millionaires and billionaires and legacy media millionaires and billionaires at 90% of their income. Because <laughs> then the leftists are like, tax the rich, I'll take it. And the conservatives are like, oh, the Hollywood liberal types media? and the media? Yeah. <laughs> Do it. That's a good idea. I've always advocated <laughs> for tax the poor. I think that taxing the poor is a great way to get people to hustle, you know, pick yourself up by your bootstraps, tax the poor. And it's a great hoodie, too. Well, that, that, you know, Bloomberg actually proposed that. Did he? Michael Bloomberg uh, said, poor people spend money on stupid things. I'm paraphrasing. And he was like, so you tax them and then we can better spend that money for them. I think that is insane. (laughs) Okay. First and foremost, the first part I think is true. For everybody. Mm. People buy dumb stuff. Yeah. Like, dude, I look at like these yachts from these rich guys and I'm like, why you have that? Come on. Elon Musk is doing it right. What did he do? He built a spaceship. Yeah. Right on, brother. <laughs> He's building a spaceship and electric cars. The oh, yacht of the skies, they call it. Yes. But there's a functional purpose to scientific research towards going to Mars. And it's helping all of humanity, this research he's doing. Then you look at some of these other billionaires and millionaires and they're like, I have a large boat. It's like, okay. I guess it's nice and comfortable, it's only for but them. that's buying something dumb, right? And then you look at these people who win the lottery and they buy like golden statues of themselves. Yeah. And it's like, why, why would you do that? I guess you got to put your money somewhere, but a but giant- These, these are lottery winners. You see the people that go in yeah, and people buy, buy the lottery yeah. tickets. You're like, oh, if these people win the lottery. Well, the, in, in recent history, people who win the lottery have learned and started hiring wealth management, you know- Wealth managers and things like that. The point is, it doesn't matter if you're rich or poor, people buy dumb things. Yeah. So Bloomberg has a good point in that poor people are buying dumb things. But bro, you want to be the despot to tell people they can't buy a sandwich they want to eat. That's nuts. 
That's it. And he did that. He wanted to ban large sodas. Yeah. His idea I was we take all their money away and then we give them what we know they need. Yeah. Sure. So I like guess. food stamps, EBT yep. cards, that type yep. of thing. Yeah. He, I, he's, my that, notion that sounds like communism. is that it, if people knew that they were being, say you, you're at a minimum wage job, you're making, say you're making $14 an hour in a grocery store, not minimum wage. Uh, and then you know maybe you're making 26 grand a year, but you're in this lowest tax bracket and 50% of that goes to taxes. But if you get to $35,000, they're going to drop that rate to 10% or 15%. But it only works for the money above. So, like, the first $13,000, I think, is tax-free. Yeah. I I think you still got to pay, like, Medicare tax or whatever. Then from 13 to 35, it's, like, 12%. Then from 35 to, like, 100 and something, I think, or or to, like, 80, it's, like, 21%. Then it goes up to 30. So you're not actually losing money by making more money. Right. A lot of people think that. But... What I, I do think for uh, what's the saying? It's like only 47 percent of Americans actually pay income tax. Yeah. And that's because a lot of people are the poverty level where they don't actually have to pay anything or they get a refund back from like the money that they did Were spend. you poor ever? Super poor. Well, yeah. I was homeless several times. Yeah. yeah I'm from the south side. Like of Chicago, real man. homeless or like sleeping on friends couches, like, uh, like sleeping on the street. Something on the street, a couple something yeah. a park a couple times. Yeah. But uh, typically in a car. Yeah. And then. You know, it's it's rough, man, because there's a funny thing about being 19 and being homeless in that if you had a place to live, a lot of people have no problem with you falling asleep on their couch. Mm-hmm. But when they know you don't, it's all of a sudden a problem. Yeah, that's weird. All I of a sudden something very similar. Yeah. yeah. So it's like hmm. I had an apartment. I'd, I'd, I'd be at someone's house on a Friday night or whatever. And I just we watch a movie and I would pass out. I'd wake up and they'd be like, yo, we're gonna go to breakfast. When I was homeless, fall asleep on a friend's couch, wake up like, bro, you can't keep doing this. Yeah. And I'm like, keep doing it, dude. I fell asleep here twice. Yeah. So there was one point where I worked at O'Hare and you you could sleep in the airport. You weren't supposed to, but because there are shifts, you know, 24 hours yeah. a day when I worked for, you know, so that that's how I avoided for the most part sleeping outside. Yeah. But yeah, super poor. Making almost no money doing backbreaking labor was yeah. not, not easy and not, uh, uh, wouldn't recommend it. I had it when I was like 15 and I had, was out for two weeks and was sleeping at friends' houses in the basements and the projects and stuff. And then I started to get my stuff together. But there was years where when I first moved to the United States and it cost me $30,000 to move here from Canada Jeez. legally and get a green card and all that stuff. And I was in this fifth floor walk up in Harlem where the projects were right next door and the people in the projects had a better life than I had where I was living. And it was just, there's something motivating about that. But I don't know if it's because my education or because where I came from or the people that I looked up to that it was like, I got to do better than this. I, I guess I had good parents. So, yeah. you know, we, we went through hardships. Life wasn't easy. And, uh, we, we, you know, our fa- my family, we lost uh, our, our family home when I was like 13 or whatever. But uh, I had smart parents who understood what hard work was. I had a mom who was very idealistic, and my dad was very realistic. It worked out for me. But this brings me to uh, uh, what you mentioned about moving here. The, the next story we have. Check this out. City of Oakland mayor is branded racist for giving families of color $500 a month if they earn under $59,000 with no rules on how they spend it, but offering poor white families nothing. Huh. Oakland Mayor Libby Sheff announced the race-based program to give families of color $500 monthly checks. Half of the $500 grants will be to families earning under 30000 in the predominantly BIPOC East Oakland area. Now, there's a couple important things to point out. For one, it's privately funded. Okay, so fine. If somebody has a million dollars and they say, I'm only going to give it to people I want to give it to, well, welcome to private exchange of mm. wealth. That's okay. There you go. 
The city is implementing this, though, so I have questions about the legality, even if it is privately funded. But the other thing is they say BIPOC. You know what that means? Uh, I'm going to guess. Correct me if I'm wrong. Black and indigenous people of color. Yeah. Yes. And do you know hey! what? Minor- yes. Do you, do you know what? There's indigenous? two minority groups missing from that BIPOC. Uh, Jewish Canadians. Oh, all right. Well, I guess <laughs> yeah. if you want to get really technical, there's a lot of people missing from Asian? BIPOC. Asians. <laughs> yeah. Latinos. Mm. But, and, and but Asians well. have been elevated. Asian people so are the why next isn't it white BIPOCA? people. Bipaca? Yeah, yeah Bipaca. Yeah. It sounds like a mouthwash. Bipaco. Bipaca. So, look, man, I wouldn't qualify for something like this. Right. And you have people in this country who are not even white who would not qualify for something like this. This is where things start getting start getting twisted. And t- they talk about reparations. This ain't reparations. This is literally being like just not for you, white person. So you, you know, you told a story about how you move here and you're, you know, you're. I, did you consider yourself poor when I moved here? Yeah. yeah. I, I was well, you don't, making you don't, no you don't, money. You don't qualify for any help, sorry. Yeah, I know. Because of your race. Okay. We've judged you. We we know. Well, isn't that, that racist, sir? Quite literally is the definition. Yep. Yes, racist. Okay, so can can you fix it? And can I then get reparations because I didn't get reparations? <laughs> is, that, is that what we're going to do? Is it going to be another 50 years? And yeah. then we're like, all of these programs and all this money that was spent was racist, therefore reparations for white people? Yeah, I think we... We knew this was coming in this country. You knew this, right? I, there was I the- knew this. Look, look, you need to understand. My family was experiencing all of this critical race theory stuff when I was a little kid. Coming from a mixed race family, I think there's a lot of white suburban, you know, and like uh, there's a lot of white people who don't realize this stuff has been happening for a really, really long time. Right. And it was in our faces. You know what I mean? So, uh, look, my dad's white. And there were there was anti-white sentiment with affirmative action and things like that in Chicago. And so he would get told that he was wealthy and privileged for being white. Meanwhile, he's in a mixed race relationship, which mm-hmm. is extremely rare in this country. Really oh, is. by the way, that's a sign of racism. I don't know if you caught uh, Bill Burr. The fact that he's married that's to a right. black woman makes him now, racist. I, uh, now, apparently, so I didn't know. I Siraj, didn't know uh, Siraj Hajmi said that guy was a troll. And yeah. he was, but there are many people who have already said that. I, I was at UW in Seattle. And one of these woke guys was arguing to me that mixed race relationships, particularly with Asians, especially with Asians, was a sign of, you know, fascism or whatever. Because, you know, Germany loved the Japanese. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you're a moron. Yeah. I, just, I just don't even know where to begin. But, uh, you know, growing up and having my family be like, I guess, we, I guess we could say lower middle class, but then we ultimately ended up losing our, our home to a bankruptcy. It's really interesting to be in a family where it's like, you know, some, sometimes our, fu- our fridge is going to be empty or we're eating like steaks from Dominic's that are like particularly cheap. Yeah. And, the, and my family does the best that it can, but we're by no means rich. And then, you know, my dad gets told he's not qualified for a, a promotion or things like that because he's the wrong race. So you mean to tell me that we have the civil rights fight, Loving v. Virginia, to make it legal for inter- for, to ban miscegenation laws, right? It was actually illegal before 1967 in many states to cohabitate with someone of a different race. Isn't that crazy? Wow. 1967. Yeah. It's not even that long ago, man. No, I I feel like sodomy was legal in more states. Right? Probably. Yeah. And so you actually had this period where like my my mom and and my mom's side of the family are growing up literally at a time when they had to flee different states because it was quite literally illegal. Yeah. Well, congratulations. Civil rights uh, uh, protests worked. And now here I am. And now I'm told... Depending on my ideology, I don't fit in. I don't qualify for their special programs. And I, and I try to explain to people, listen, I'm the last person in the world who's going to complain about my identity and be like, I demand this because I'm marginalized for this reason. But I will point out your hypocrisy and your short-sightedness. 
What these people don't realize when they talk about the by uh, the black indigenous people of color communities, the indigenous community has a community. The black community has a community. The Latinos have a community. The Asians have a community. There's no like mixed race meeting groups where you share your common cultures. Right. In fact, Koreans are extremely racist and they're not forgiving. So you, you grow up in this environment where the only thing you actually have that, that you, 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 you know, you find yourself surrounded by is Americans. I grew up in an area where, you know, people of all different races, all Americans. So there was no issue with race. Now we're entering this world where they're claiming they're the champions against racism and they're quite literally making it worse for everybody, especially the ones that the civil rights movement fought to help. And it's amazing. Most of the people that are against racism are also anti-American. Definitely. And when you, when you say that there's this unity between people that just no matter what race they are, are hanging American flags outside their home, you're just like, Oh, everybody's going to get along here no matter what's happening because they believe in the country. The, the thought came into my head literally this morning and we haven't heard it for years because it didn't exist during Trump's presidency. Remember the old love it or leave it quote that yeah. people used to say all the, <laughs> well, you love it or you leave it. And it's like that is so far gone now because the country's gone through such turmoil and separation. It's inevitably going to change. There's no going back to that life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, love it or leave it. I, I don't think so. I think that he was the closest thing that they were going to get. But uh, Trump's egoism probably kept us from that. Uh, but Which, I don't think it's going to happen. It's not going to happen under this it, presidency. I mean, Joe Biden's awful for a lot of reasons. And I think Donald Trump was an imperfect, I call him the imperfect avatar of the of the national populist rage that they were feeling. The establishment was a crooked, is. The establishment, politicians it, are crooked, corrupt, crony politicians. We've done it for a long time. We saw the, the, the Occupy protests, you know, now almost 10 years ago. People in this country were fed up with the revolving door policies. Some guy works for Halliburton and then all of a sudden he's the vice president. We knew how the game was being played yeah. and we snapped and said enough. And you had a split. You had left populists who are like, we need social programs and, and welfare and, and socialist policy. And then you had the right laissez faire, more capitalist, things like that. So, m many moderates. And then you end up with Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. And he was the one strong enough to smash the door down. Unfortunately, he's imperfect. Maybe Ron DeSantis in 2024 will will be much better and more tactful and better embody that anger from, you know, many of the American nationalist types. Bernie Sanders came out recently and denounced the, the permanent suspension of Donald Trump from the social media platforms. So that's a good sign. Yeah. And I'm hoping that we can we can find certain things to agree on because. The, the, you know, the Trump supporters, I think, recognize this to a certain degree. They have more in common with Bernie Sanders supporters and these progressives than they do with the Democratic establishment. Sure. The problem is many of these progressives will vote for a, for a corporate Democrat before they ever imagine voting for a right wing populist because they think they're fascists. That's what that bear, that, that's the bear that's got to be broken down where it's like, look, man, my, my policy positions, my ideals, I took the political compass test. I'm even further left than I realized on the political competence. It was crazy. Yeah. Because I'm like tax the rich and all that stuff. And I'm like, how about this? How about we tax the Hollywood rich? Is that something conservatives would agree with? I think they probably would. I think it's a, <laughs> it's a fun idea for when you run for office. I'm not going <laughs> to. Never? Yeah. No way. Come Never. on. No. 
You know, I, I will. You know, say, you can kill a whole bunch of old people, and then you can <laughs> just go with flirt it, yeah. with women, and nobody cares. <laughs> you do no, I like a touch of your face. Hey, I'm Gosh, Italian. Yeah. <laughs> Whoopsie, I'm Italian. <laughs> Is that racist, or are we allowed to talk about Italians? Because I'm, we're, we're allowed to talk about whoever. You could just put the trouble to me. I just showed up here. You could just say I just <laughs> dropped into your up. house. I think it's like it's almost like Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump were extreme versions of themselves or the ideas of what they represented. Like Trump represented the anger from right wing populists and the America First types, the people who want this country to 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 actually use its tax dollars to support this country. And you get Trump. Trump is um, is like he's almost America incarnate. He's a loud, arrogant, boisterous yes. capitalist, yes. entrepreneur. So America, like what what did, what did Obama say? You know, in, in his in college, the, the American dream is to be Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Hillary Clinton was like, it, it's really amazing. If you were to, if on a scale of one to a to ten of representations of things, you know, in this country, Donald Trump is cranked up to eleven. Yeah. In terms of like how much he embodies this kind of American exceptionalism. His president and Hillary, goes to 11. Right. And Hillary Clinton, when you want to embody corrupt corporate crony politics, yeah. she was cranked up to 11 as well. Yeah. And Trump barely won that one. Joe Biden, they cranked it down a little bit. And then I guess, you know, that was enough for him. I don't think he knows what he's doing. And I, I don't, think that. But wait, hold, hold on, hold on. Hold on. I, I'm sorry. Yeah. When you say I don't think he knows what he's doing. Do you mean to say, like, as president or just at any given moment? At any given moment, Tim. He doesn't know where he's standing. He has no idea what's going on. Him walking up the plane steps was just so funny. Uh, he has no idea. He, he's a puppet for that party. And they, it would have been awesome to see Bernie Sanders run against Trump. I, I think that they, they could have used that extremism. Bernie, I, 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 don't, I don't know if Bernie would win now because of critical race theory. But I think Bernie would have won in 2016, hands down. Yeah. Nine million people switched from, from uh, voting for Obama in 2012 to voting for Trump. I like the notion of DeSantis because w- when you're an immigrant and you move here, you embrace American ideals, although somewhat antiquated. So our version of America was when Reagan was president, when I would watch TV and you'd watch the news and I was in my early teens and you're like, that's where I want to live. I want to live where you can say trickle down economics. That's where I want to live. And there was this beauty of it. And Scarface was around that time. And there was just this notion of the American dream. And that's what we kicked the doors down to have. We didn't want to kick the doors down and be like, no, 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 no. You're white. Get to the back of the line. And I've heard it numerous times i was up for a comedy central thing first year they go you're perfect but we got enough white guys second year no wait, 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 really like, oh how, how long ago really uh i i did ari shafir's show and it was called this is not happening so this is maybe four years ago and now wow. comedy central is the wokest you can get you remember broad city kind of trailed yeah. them off and now they're just doing bar shows with 20 people and horrible woke comedy <laughs> but they told me i had this story where I, I'm going to say it as clean as possible because I don't want you to get in trouble. Uh, I pleasured myself in front of two men for $150. And at climax, uh, the man said, I want it on me, but I didn't want to go over there because that was too uh, femme for me. So I threw it at him. And that was that's the whole bit. It's a 15 minute story. <laughs> it, it's 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 brilliant. It's offensive. I like it. <laughs> it's brilliant. You can't tell it clean. It's available on ComedyCentral.com. You can watch it. It's the well, hot, they hot chocolate it. story. It's a real story. <laughs> I was a stripper for like a summer and a half, and uh, and 
this story was perfect for this thing. It was this long-form storytelling show about stuff that you can't believe happened. This is not happening. Then second year, I submitted, and Ari's a friend of mine. He goes, you're great, but they really need uh, women of color. They're looking for it. So they would down... That, that, that happened to me at Vice. Yeah. And, and then... Confusion. And then year three... He goes, you came really close, but they already had enough famous work. And then I was at a Mets game and someone called. I guess someone dropped out. They're like, can you be in L.A. Saturday and shoot this? And I go, yeah. But it, I, I've had it happen to my face where because of the color of your skin, not the content of your character, you're denied something. And the problem is, what is it, 66 to 70 percent of the country is white? Is it? Yeah. That, so. That'll be significantly less in what, 20 years? It, it will be. I think in 20 years, it'll be some, something like in the 50s. Like by 2050, it's going to be, you know, what, when like white people become a minority, yeah. they'll still be the plurality. And then the we get reparations. You know, I, I, I think my issue with it is I actually like the idea of representation. You know, yeah. you know, I, I talk about this quite a bit when I can't remember what happened. Uh, some Marvel movie was coming out. I think it was Black Panther. When Black Panther came out. I saw it four times. And I, Did you like it? I did not watch really? it. Really? No. Oh, did you didn't you watch see it? it? No. Did I thought Black Panther. Yeah, I thought it was great. Is it great? Yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a line where T'Challa, the king of Wakanda, goes, "We cannot allow immigrants into our country because they'll bring their problems with us." And I was like, "Whoa, whoa, that's like super <laughs> Trumpian." Yeah, yeah, it's in the movie. We like, must build a wall. Yeah. They have a wall. They literally have a wall <laughs> that keeps everyone out of their country. Okay, right. Did they say this? We will make Wakanda great again. Yeah. Did they well, say that? They totally said that. <laughs> they didn't need to because it was already great. Did but he it, say but, this? Oh, look at you, Sleepy Joe. Did he say that no, at any point? No. Okay. <laughs> but the the so but I was commenting on the movie and I was like, listen, they did Iron Man white dude, they did Thor white dude, Captain America white dude. I got no issue with the color of these guys' skin. Right. But I do recognize that sooner or later there's gonna be a movie that's not a white dude. You know right. what I mean? Like they gotta make movies for everybody in this country that people can enjoy, and they do it right when they don't beat you over with the ideology and just show regular people doing regular things, right? Right, but I, now they're beating us over the head with the right, right, right. I think uh, I can't remember who was who was here, and we were talking about this, saying that like you know, uh, for every show, you're allowed like one teaspoon of like mm. social justice or like ideology. So you're watching a movie; it's a horror movie, and there's like a vampire and he's attacking people, and then they make like a passive comment about redlining in, in urban environments or whatever. You know <laughs> sure, what I mean? yeah, as they do. Right? Oh, I just <laughs> ate some red pilled blood. Oh, and then the vampire like goes to a poor community, and then they make a reference. Yeah. The point is, if you're watching a movie and they make a social commentary, a little bit is fine, and we recognize that and go, oh, "I see." But now what we're getting is literally the whole movie itself is just a social commentary. So there's right. no story. There's no plot. It's trash. Get woke. Go bro. Exactly. I I thought uh, uh, I thought Black Panther was actually good. There was a lot of social commentary in it, but I thought it was good because T'Challa was like Trump. I mean, not in the sense of his attitude. I mean, T'Challa and, and, his, and, his, and his physique. T'Challa was super ripped. You know, <laughs> so you're saying it was very, more masculine than very Donald masculine Trump. Than yeah. not, much more masculine than Trump. But like to see the argument where they're talking about how these other African nations are doing really, really bad. Yeah. And Wakanda is doing really well. T'Challa is literally like, if we let in immigrants, they bring their problems with, with them. Yeah. And I'm like, he's supposed to be the hero for these leftists. He's the, the black representation that they were cheering for. And here he is saying something that should offend them. But they cheered for it because the ideology was more important to them than what he was actually saying. I thought it was I thought it was actually really well written. Is that, that because the power corrupts that he starts out with these great intentions and then you get he to He does this open level? up in the end. 
Yeah. But he he then goes to one of the and, and but I love this. Seriously, you guys got to watch this because here he is in sub-Saharan Africa in Wakanda and they have this gigantic wall. It's an invisible barrier that not only stops people from getting into their country, but or into their capital city, I suppose, whatever it is, but they also can't even see it. Okay. It, you race it. They don't want anybody. They're super xenophobic. He says that line, we can't let people in. They'll bring their problems with us. At the end of the movie, when he finally decides decides to open up the country, does he go and help these other sub-Saharan African countries? No. He goes to Oakland. He goes to the wealthiest country on the planet, and he goes to one of their wealthiest states, and he goes to one of the biggest cities. It's got his problems. Mm -hmm. And he gives resources to the people there. I'm like, that's a profound statement. When remember when they accused Donald Trump of saying something like, "We don't want people from these, you know, ish hole countries. Yeah. We want them from Norway or whatever." That's literally what they had to child to do. Yeah. Instead of being like, "Okay, we're finally going to open up. Let's get people from you know the Zimbabwe and and South Africa to come to our country." No, he goes to Oakland. He goes to the country. He goes to the United States where there's prosperity and wealth. He was still in the end extremely classist. It's remarkable to see that. Especially remarkable to see how they don't re- like these woke people don't recognize exactly what was wrong with what T'Challa was doing. Yeah. Based on their own ideology. Let me ask you this. If the actions Trump took were done by a black president, would it have had the same blowback? For the left? For the country as a whole and for the left. The, the, the problem with that question is. Is he a black Republican or a black Democrat? Because you know if he's a black Republican, the black community is going to call him a certain word. They well, do it all the no, time. No, all the woke people. Yeah. All of them. The entire it, – it, it, it's not – this is what's really fascinating. Would it, does it confuse the woke people because they want to have those thoughts and say, oh, this guy's a, this guy's a xenophobe, this guy's a bigot. Oh, but he's black. Oh, uh, okay. Is that going to change they, the argument? No. And that's uh, a, a kind of it's, – it's a really interesting thing. T'Challa in Wakanda from Black Panther had a lot of Trumpian policies and they loved it. Yeah. Not only that, check this out. The movie shows that in Wakanda, you become the supreme autocrat of the country through patriarchal ritual combat. That's their political process. People loved it. Yeah. So even though you have a guy who you, sh- you should be despising based on what you s- purport to support, they loved it. If you took a Democrat a white old man, Joe Biden, they'd vote for him. And they'd claim that he wasn't racist, even though he's got decades of racist history, passing all these laws that are like criticized for being racist. Not anymore. Joe Biden's the only president that's on camera saying the N-word twice. Donald Trump won a bunch of awards for, didn't he win like a couple awards for yeah, civil rights? I know he did. He's in these photos. He was Rosa like, Parks he's and- the first person to hire a woman to like build a skyscraper. And now he's... You know, they say racist, sexist, anti-gay, Donald Trump, go away. Uh-huh. It's like Donald Trump is the first president in American history to support gay marriage before becoming president. Yeah. He unfurled a rainbow flag at like a Republican convention or whatever and got the RNC to clap and cheer for the LGBTQ community. Like that was Trump, but they call him a bigot. Barack Obama comes in, blows up kids in the Middle East. <gasps> American citizens, they disappear, gone. They don't mm-hmm. care. Obama can do what he wants because he's a Democrat. Joe Biden will get elected and they'll sing his praises because he's a Democrat. When they complain that the Republican Party is the party of white men, the RNC had several black people speak. What did the left say? They didn't praise the Republicans for finally doing the right thing and trying to diversify. They said 
tokens. Yeah. An extremely racist comment about legitimate individuals with good policies and good ideas that are worthy of argument, accomplished individuals. And that's, that, that, that's why those people make me sick. Because they're more racist than the other side. Oh, these, these great black, highly intellectual politicians that are well-spoken, have great policies formulated for their areas. They're only talking because you need them up there. They're tokens. <laughs> That's exactly what they say. And it's, it's, it's so hypocritical. And our job is to call out that hypocrisy. But when you do, then you're the racist. Well, this is what's funny. There's a, there's a tweet from Glenn Greenwald. I don't know if you've seen. Actually, let me see if I can pull it up. Because I, I posted it on Instagram. And uh, I will, in fact, pull it up. And I'm, I'm going to expand on this, uh, this, this tweet from Glenn oh, Greenwald. That's a great tweet. Glenn Greenwald tweeted, if you think the real power centers in the U.S. are the Proud Boys, 4chan, and Boogaloos, rather than the CIA, FBI, NSA, Wall Street, and Silicon Valley, and spend most of your time battling the former while serving the latter as stenographers, your journalism is definitely ish. He's correct. Yeah. So expanding on that, why is it that, you know, we rag on Democrats or like I rag on Democrats all the time? Because they're the power structure in this country. The Republicans don't do anything. Mitch McConnell is awful. Impeach the guy for all I care. He doesn't mm -hmm. do anything. He's not helping Trump supporters. He's fighting Trump supporters. He's not helping the Republican Party. He is fighting against the people who actually helped Republicans win in 2016 and the ones who did in 2018 and 2020, even though they did lose position a position in, tw in 2018. McConnell and Lindsey Graham actually hurt them. Right. Lindsey Graham is seen going on the, the uh, you know, the, the Senate floor and like, fist bumping Kamala Harris when he was supposed to be challenging her on a bunch of policy mm -hmm. issues. He's the Republicans don't help Republic re, Republican voters. Democrats are tribally supported for the most part. And I, I think it's fair to say Republicans and Democrats get tribal support, but the Democrats actually do things. They're proposing new bills, gun control. Look at all the new gun control. That's that's on two new bills. Where's the Republicans putting up bills to rescind gun control? Right. They don't do it. They don't do anything. So when I, when I, when I've been looking at all this, I remember I was talking to my mom about this and I, and my mom was saying like, you do talk about Democrats too much. And I was like, okay, what did the Republicans do this week? I don't know. What did the, what did the Democrats do? Oh, the Democrats were doing X, Y, and Z. Yeah. The Republicans aren't doing anything. Huh. Right. What am I going to say? Mitch McConnell did nothing <clears throat> again. He's obstructing. Oh, that guy. What? The, the action that's taking place is what you want to talk about. But when you look at the media, they're still obsessed with Trump and with Republicans. Yeah. And, and the rhetoric coming out of their mouth that that the Democrats help feed the stuff white men or the terrorists in this country. It, it's why is nobody going after Ahmed El? Aliso. Yeah. Well, now they, they changed their tune real quick. It was really funny. There's this one woman. She's like, she's like, obviously, we all know it's going to be a white man, a yeah. MAGA guy. And then when the news came out, she was like, let's not focus on the identity of this individual because that will just glorify. And then when people are like, yo, you're a hypocrite. Yeah. She said something like, don't you realize that even if he is Muslim, he's still white? Like she had to like triple hey. down. <laughs> Did is she, that, did no, no, she set on. her Twitter to private yet? That's what I always from, like this, to this watch. Dude, listen, this dude is from Syria. Right? Yeah. Okay. Is it, Syria's in Asia. I just want to make sure so. I got my geography correct. Wait, let me ask you this. <laughs> Why shouldn't, uh, shouldn't Biden be getting blamed for this because of bombing uh -huh. Syria? Yes. Yes. A lot of, a lot so of. So why isn't he? Look, man, this is why I highlight this Glenn Greenwald tweet. It's why I call out the power structures. There's a reason there's a double standard. We know who has the power and what they're doing with it. 
Joe Biden bombs Syria. And then a couple weeks later, some guy from Syria who's a loner and messed up goes off the rails. Is there a correlation there? They're ignoring it. Yeah. They ignore all of this stuff, but they draw but their own correlations whenever they want. If this was Trump, this would be eight days of Don Lemon crying and then uh, Cuomo's uh, other brother taking naked pictures outside of his house in the Hamptons <laughs> to try and deflect. It, eight this days country, of Don crying. here's the problem. And by the way, I like being able to sit and talk without having to be funny and uh, just do fart jokes all day. Yeah. But let yeah, me say this. Uh, <laughs> this country strives to be progressive, but it's not because everything that gets done, the next president tries to undo. Yeah. This country will be fully functioning and damn near perfect when both sides own up to the BS that they throw and we're on an equal level playing field. If people held Biden responsible the same way that they held Trump responsible, there'd be a lot more happy people. And I think Biden should have run on like a MAGA type thing, but M-A-A-A, make America, America, ah, where am I? I'm confused. I think do, do you, What do you consider yourself politically? I, first of all, I can't vote because I'm not a citizen yet. I did do the test, and it turns out that I am a quote-unquote core conservative. Core conservative. That being said, uh, gay marriage, I believe in. Uh, my my things that made me lean to the conservative were that immigration should be done legally because I did it. So it's Fair. people bring up with me like, well, just because you did it doesn't mean that's how everybody Aaron, else. I think you should have been able to just walk through 90 miles of <laughs> desert without any. It's mostly injury. snow up there. I would have to snowshoe. No, I'm across. saying you should fly to Mexico and then walk in. <laughs> oh, yeah, that works. Too. And hire a coyote in Canadian dollars. <laughs> ¿Dónde está por qué? And then they just throw it away. ¿Dónde uh, está Yeah, I don't, I don't speak Spanish. I just what I, is that? Where, I order my where's wife the to lie? <laughs> Watch, I got more. Por qué esta no donde good? You're not speaking Spanish. I, I think it is. My my friends will tell me it is. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, anyway, continue. That I was very pro gamer. Uh, I think taxation led me to be like the fiscal stuff. I was conservative on, and then the immigration stuff, and that and it was just like some weird internet thing that we filled out on yeah, the yeah. show, and they're like, "Oh, you're a core conservative." Can you name uh, how long have you been in here in the U.S.? Nine years. All right, all right. So, can you name some Republican politicians you think are honest? Should Should we play the Jeopardy theme? <laughs> I can't really say honest. I could say people that I like and that I would like to see. You don't. You don't think Rand Paul is honest? Oh, yes, yeah, I go. do. Yeah. Rand Paul is my go-to. But I think he's also come around because he was such a fringe player for years yeah. where people wrote him off. But yeah, now he's great. Uh, DeSantis I like, and I like the attorney general that spoke when they had to have a black guy speak for the Republicans. And I want to say Barr, but I'm not sure if that's exactly Who's who the senator from South Carolina? Is it Tim Scott? I think so, yeah. Tim Scott? The, the black gentleman. Uh, I'm, I'm not a big fan of most Republicans, like I said, like Mitch McConnell. The fact that that guy just retains a party leadership position is... He is one of the biggest roadblocks for Republican voters. These are dinosaurs that are so instilled in the system. It's like, look, I did a joke and I don't even know if I can do it here. I said old white men are not necessarily the best leader for a progressive nation. And then I say, boy, I don't even know if I can say this joke. The then fact maybe, that I'm well, doubting maybe, it. How about, how about we save this stuff for the Save this for only. later. Remind me. Only when we're allowed remind to me to tell you about the two trouble. people running for president. Because the fact that I'm doubting it means that you may look at me really weird. <laughs> 
weird after. <laughs> well, so I, I like to do this thing where I ask people, like, can you name an honest Republican? Yeah. And people usually give an answer. Usually it one. could be because of the bias that our guests have. You know, leftists don't want to come on the show. But then I ask people, can you name an, an honest Democrat? And everybody's like, oh, definitely not. Like, I mean, I think Bernie Sanders is a little honest. I don't know what... Was it honest when he went up on stage and said, if you're white, you don't know what it's like to be poor? When no. you're white, you don't know what it's like to live in a ghetto? Maybe... Was it honest? When maybe that's stopped? honestly what he believes, because he's it? a rich white guy. Well, then, what, was it? Was he honest when he dropped the word millionaire from his speeches the moment mm. he became a millionaire from selling his book? Did he? He stopped saying yeah. millionaire. He says, the millionaires and the billionaires in this country. <laughs> so then, then he just changed it to the billionaires? Yes. yes. Pretty smart. Uh, his website <laughs> Pretty honest. removed it. <laughs> All right, I like this I, guy. I guess I'm going to buy his ice cream now. <laughs> I, I guess he brought it back, saying millionaires. <laughs> he and just like, cut out millionaires and just goes to the billionaires. Really there was an article from- You're him. right, because the whole national conversation changed to billionaires on and Twitter, like what? almost there's overnight. There, how many billionaires does the U.S. really have? Look, man, you got $999 million and you're flooding politics with it. I got problems with that. Yeah. You're a billionaire doing the same thing. I got problems with that. Elon Musk, what does he do? He's building a spaceship. All right. He's all yeah. right. You keep, you, he, you, we don't, we don't wealth tax Elon Musk. You can keep your money because he's building spaceships. I think the richer you get, and I'm not going up against your, uh, tax the pedophile movie star thing that you're coming up with in this <laughs> weird group chat. But I think that, uh, yeah, I think rich people should be given a break. Why do you think so? Like, but define rich. Because define now rich. I've, I'm, I'm not rich, but I, I <laughs> like, work. I'm rich. Don't take my money. <laughs> Stop texting the thousand days and yeah. the million. <laughs> I work hard, but now it's like the harder I work, the more money I have to pay in taxes. Mm -hmm. And I think I should be given a break. I think people should go, hey, Aaron, you've worked hard. Enjoy it. I tweeted tax the rich. Then I tweeted tax uh, Hollywood millionaires and billionaires 90%. Yeah. And that is basically like, I think conservatives will agree because they don't like the Hollywood. Nobody know. does because they think Tom Hanks has an ankle bracelet on and he's like in a deep fake it, world. It's, it's because you get you get these celebrities who use their money to negatively impact politics that they don't know, they, they know nothing about for virtue signal points. Right. So conservatives don't like that when you see people like Alyssa Milano coming out and using her resources to just negatively impact the country. Then the leftists are like, tax the rich. I don't care who they are. They shouldn't be doing this. They shouldn't be flooding you know, politics into the zone. But anyway, I, I want to make this point. There are, there are a few things I tweeted, and all of a sudden these leftists are like shocked. I tweeted the trans flag with a, with, a, with a rifle on it, and it says defend equality. And then I tweeted, under no pretext shall the right to keep and bear arms be infringed. I there, there's, there's two sentences. The leftists like to say, under no pretext. And that's a quote from Karl Marx, mm -hmm. who said, under no pretext should arms and ammunition be surrendered. Right. The workers should frustrate this by force if necessary. For, for Americans, there is the right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. And I'm like, hey, we agree Perfect. on this, right? Boom. Combine the statement. All these leftists are like shocked. Like, oh, it's like, no, dude, you don't understand. There's like these statements are tribal signifiers and they mostly offend people without anyone actually understanding what it means. Do I think that transgender individuals should have AR-15s of any caliber and style they want to defend their rights? Yes. Should the Black Panthers be able to march around with their guns? The Constitution says yes, 100%. Good, honest, law-abiding Americans who want to protect themselves from tyrannical government, from criminals, just protect their families, allowed to do it. And so it's like these leftists are surprised because I think they don't realize how much Right-wing individuals and populists are not fascists and would be like, dude, take your guns. Please protect yourselves. We want you to. Yeah. And when I say tax the rich, I'm not saying a dude who makes 200000 a year 
or 400,000 a year. And I, I know many of the leftists do say that. I'm saying, I think about George Soros. The conservatives complain about him all the time, right? Okay, well, you also got the Mercers, the Koch brothers. You got Tom Steyer. You got Bloomberg. You've got right and left. And it tends to be many left-wing and authoritarian, you know, ultra-wealthy who are flooding the zone, dumping money into politics to subvert the rights of the working class, be it left or right. Tax them. I don't care. I do think there's a problem in just giving that money to the government because they're not going to do good things with it either. They're going to blow up kids in the Middle East. Right. But I wonder if we start by taking away the influence of special interests, can we then start to chip away at the government to regain some control by getting rid of the millionaires and the billionaires? And I mean the people with half a million, like half a billion or more in, right. in terms of millionaire. Yeah, I, I think you can take that influence out, but then you need to reshape everything and not go towards the military industrial complex and put money into education and money into poor neighborhoods. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's a challenge. That, my wife tells me that all the time. I'm like, tax the rich. But the only problem is when we do, the government's going to take that money and then go, go blow up kids and they're yeah. not going to fix, you know, infrastructure. So yeah. that's that, that's the big challenge. But, I, but I, I do wonder if if we can get rid of, you know, the millionaires and billionaires who are influencing politics negatively and subverting the will of the working class individuals in this country. Let's make a list. A list of the uh, the millionaires and the billionaires. I just love saying, "Let's make a list," like all those cancel people do. Let's make a <laughs> list of these yes. people, and I, you know who it is. Everyone knows who's influencing politics. The rich people. Yep. Just make it stop. Mm -hmm. He Trump was probably the closest you were going to get to that. His notion of draining the swamp, but then you saw how deep the swamp goes. Goes yeah, back years you know and what? years. Some rich guy that comes in that's, uh, you know, a TV star isn't going to shift that thing. They hated him so much. Trump's biggest problem, I think, was that he didn't drain the swamp. Yeah. He said he was going to. And the Twitter stuff. Uh, he could have been so much better. If he just kept his tweets to himself, it would have been way better. 50-50. Okay. Some, some of the tweets circumvented media lies and allowed some him to chance. Some were hilarious, too. Oh, True. man. Yeah. He was you, you so know, you know funny. My, you know what my favorite tweet is? Okay, because the people who watch know this, was when Elizabeth Warren was doing that really awful live stream. Do you remember that? Yeah. And she's like, I'm going to get me a beer. Yeah. And then she like goes and get a beer. Her husband walks up and he like smacks her on the ass. Yeah. And she's like, oh. and I'm like, wow, that was like a really bad moment for a yes. presidential campaign. Yeah. But sure, fine. I guess it's the husband and wife. But she goes, I'm glad you're here. Trump tweeted. <laughs> She said, her, her, uh, Elizabeth Warren's <laughs> husband comes in and says, I'm glad you're here. He's supposed to be there. He lives there. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, it was it's such an amazing tweet because it was like something you'd hear. Uh, you're, at, you're at your friend's place and his dad's yeah. in there. And it was just, it wasn't about politics. It wasn't about policy or, you know, party or anything. He was just pointing out an absurdity and it was really funny. He was so funny. Shane Gillis had this joke. When Shane got fired... He came back right away and jumped right into the stuff. Shane Gillis, if you don't know, is a brilliant comic. And you see, he Saturday Night Live would have helped him inevitably, but he's going to make it no matter what. Shane had this joke where he just goes, you know, people complain about And he goes, I didn't vote for Trump. But <laughs> for, for those that are listening, yeah. Aaron winked. I yes. winked very <laughs> at Tim very succinctly. And he goes, but he's hilarious. He's funnier than 95% of the community. He goes, I, he goes, if he came on after me, he would bury me. He'd yes. be like, look at that gay, not funny, fat. <laughs> he was fired. And it was right after the SNL firing. And it was just such a great topical Listen, joke. I got invited to the White House. 
and uh, the sub shop the, in Atlantic the, City. Yes. Yeah. No. No. I got I got invited to the White House. It was the it was the the, the White House Social Media Summit. Okay. And I was like, finally. You know, in 2018, I said Republicans were too stupid, the politicians too stupid to deal with social media censorship to save their own, you know, positions. And I was right. I and like then, that you brought that up as a subject and then said positions instead of the word you wanted to say. But okay. well, I'm, I'm like, wait, wait, wait. no, I, I mean, thought, like, I thought you were their jobs. It. Okay, their, I got it. Or their lives, whatever. But to yeah. save their own jobs, they didn't realize they were getting crushed with social media censorship. Their supporters and fans were being ripped away. And so I said that in 2018, surprisingly. You know, I actually thought Republicans were still going to win and they lost. And I was like, well, there you go. I guess I got, I got half of it right. So I get invited to this White House summit. I'm all excited. Like, finally, the Republicans are going to do something about this. And do you know what I got to experience instead of a serious and legitimate conversation about social media censorship? A little cocktail party where they want everybody to be nice and Donald Trump hand. doing an hour of stand up. Come on. Legit. Come on. It was hilarious. I want to hit the table. <laughs> oh, great. That's it was it. hilarious. Just him? It was, so it was. Uh, did he have an opener? I th <laughs> think he did. Who was it? But it was a really boring, like, I, I think he had an opener. I just don't remember because it didn't matter because Trump basically did stand up. I, I'm telling you, <sighs> Trump did stand up. Trump does stand up. His rallies are almost stand up. But yes. This, this crowd work he'll do a bit then he'll walk away from the mic <laughs> which is a weird thing that's a, that's but a very urban to comic thing the, to do the room was like a, i was a couple hundred of trump's most ardent supporters oh i wish i could i was this. the only one not wearing a suit i'm wearing this yeah and people are laughing like tim pool shows up everyone's in a suit but him and i was like because i'm here for yeah like look i'm not gonna wear a suit it's not what I do. i'm here for serious matter and we need to get something happening right. well i'm like listen listen look at this guy with his toucan yeah, so in that's a Canadian word by the way. Oh, it's a very Canadian so, uh, word. No, 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 but I'm like in America. People ask that. me about. It, I'm like in America, you can be some regular dude going to the White House and speaking your mind. You don't got you don't got to be somebody who owns like a suit. It. Right. That's why I like this country. I can show up in the White House wearing my normal clothes, and that's what America's about. I don't got to put on my formal dress attire, my awards, my pins, or anything. I can be an American saying, "Listen up, this matters." Now, there was some serious nature to it, but I got to tell you, man, I sat there. And at first, I was kind of getting let down by what was going on. And then I just started just rolling with it. I'm like, this guy's <laughs> hilarious. Yeah. He jokes about himself being orange. Yeah. He's like, the lights, it's not my fault. They call me orange, <laughs> but they put it on the D. And everyone's laughing. They get it. Yeah. They, they're they're self-aware. And it's funny how, you know, when the left tries to make fun of Trump, they use the exact same state jokes. He's overweight, orange, and his small hands. And I'm like, dude. Trump's already used that bit in stand-up. You can't just keep saying it. The joke's done. Yeah, these people are stealing Trump's bit. It was all they had. He he was great with crowd. I mean, he wasn't great. There, there's a handful of comics that are great. I I mean, I believe I'm I'm one of the best crowd work comics around. Big J. Okerson, David Tell. There's a few, but he was fun for his level of experience. He'd be like, "Look at this guy. He's ugly. What's he doing here?" And it when he, and when he does that yell thing, like. The fake news. Yeah. You see this woman? <laughs> Fat woman. I tell you, she has no idea what she's... And he does things like it's that. It's a very borscht battle style of guy. I tell you, take my wife, please. It's like he had this Rodney Dangerfield yes. kind of aspect. Because he his favorite comic, and he will disavow this now, was Jeff Ross. He loved Ross, and Ross loved playing with him. And then wow. as soon as he got in, Ross was like, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. And really? I love Jeff Ross, but he had this moment you're, where he's like, I got to Do you remember in, in the 2016 cycle when Megyn Kelly was like, you've called women fat yeah. pigs? He goes, only Rosie O'Donnell. Yeah. And the crowd <laughs> erupts. Yeah. 
And it was like they did. And yeah. it was at a time when she's attacking him and you think that they're going to jump on <laughs> it. He turns it into a joke. She's bleeding from everywhere. I don't that know. That was the phone call. That was a phone call. Yeah. From her eyes or, you know, whatever. <laughs> he just, like, outside of that stuff, Trump needed to get his tweets under control. But I think if you're somebody who is just tribalistic, I think there's a lot of people who are scared, didn't want to fall out of line with the tribe. They're worried about being ostracized or shunned or fired or whatever. So they just say, oh, yeah, I hate Trump, too. Then there are a lot of people who are just blind zealots who are like, Trump is bad. But the people who are interested in actually listening to what he had to say, we hear so many stories about people walking away from the Democratic Party when they finally decided to just watch a Trump video. Because mm-hmm. they learned that the media was lying and they also laughed. And they were like, that's not what they were like. The media was saying he said this, that, and this. And I watched the speech and it was actually just like him cracking jokes and like, yeah. he didn't say those things. Sure, they took a lot of stuff out of context. People like basically everything didn't like him and there was also a group of people that really liked him because so many people hated him and then you looked at the people that hated him and you're like oh these people are really surfaces my my wife really weird my wife was like here's the problem with democracy she attacks it from a political standpoint and and structures good arguments so you can listen to him but other people are just like he's a racist bigot xenophobic caused all this and you're like Oh, these people are idiots. Maybe I'm going to listen more to what he's saying right. than these people. And, that, and that's what, what most of it was. When, when, you, when you looked to the prominent progressive and liberal personalities in the country, they couldn't offer up a compelling argument against Trump. Yeah. And so you got people who are sitting back in their chairs laughing at what they found to be a, a, a Comedy Central style roast of the political establishment. You know, Trump was just going at the political establishment, making fun of them, attacking them, insulting them. And for so many Americans, it felt good. Mm-hmm. Was it Michael Moore, I think, called Trump a human Molotov cocktail? Mm-hmm. And he said to all of these people, what Trump is saying, it's like music to their ears. And on November 9th, 2016, they're going to the voting booth and they're going to send the biggest F you to the political establishment ever in the history of humanity. And he was right. He got the next part wrong. He goes, and they'll be happy for a week, maybe a month. And then they'll realize, like the people who voted for Brexit... When in actuality, people were extremely happy for quite some time. Do you know how good your Michael Moore impression is? I can do great impressions, man. I can oh, shut my eyes. Do more. Go. Do more. I, want... Dude, I can't do it now. Oh, it's not... so good. Come on. No, just stop your inner censor and just do it. No, no, there's no it's more Michael so Moore. It's so good. It's great. I so I, if I, I, why do you feel like I'm like dance monkey? No, no, I'm not. I'm it's not, such a good. I'm not actually good enough. It's the best to... Michael Moore I've ever heard. Yeah. I'm not good enough to do impressions on cue. Oh. I can flow into it in a conversation and then invoke like what I remember of them. Right. If I practiced, I could probably. You know. All right, practice yeah. because it's really a skill the, that the you Michael can Moore excel at. In, yeah, impersonation. Yeah, uh, he was right, man. People like they watched Trump and it just felt good. He was throwing. He was a human Molotov cocktail being thrown into the system, and he made people laugh. The pacing of the Michael Moore impression <laughs> is perfect. The cadence. Yeah, yeah. It's just I, I'm not gonna put you on the spot, but I think like for for your content afterwards i think it should just be should, you uh, as michael moore i should i should do more, more <laughs> it's so uh, good voiceover yeah. for uh freedom tunes yeah it's good practice yeah 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 but anyway you know I, we, we got into the subject of trump and it's kind of like a a, a post-mortem i guess on the trump presidency and where we're at these days joe biden is stumbling downstairs he's uh giving Kam- kamala harris all of the jobs she's calling foreign leaders she's dealing with the border crisis i said this i said joe biden He's going to win, 
They're going to put him in his wheelchair. They're going to put the little blanket on his lap and they're going to wheel him into the sunroom and he's going to. And then Annie's going to come in and Daddy Warbucks will be there too. Biden's going to be sleeping in the sun in the study and Kamala Harris is going to be like, let's get to work. Yeah. And that's basically what we're getting. He tries to run up the stairs to make it seem like he's. Look, man, Joe doesn't need to convince anybody that he's 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 young because he's not. He's almost 80 years old. Mm -hmm. Bro, just walk up the stairs. He tries to, like, walk upstairs, and he falls three times. Or he, tr- he tried to, like, you know, sort of rustle up the stairs. I don't want to say run, but, like, move more quickly, like jog up Hustle. Hustle, hustle. Yeah, he had stuff to do on that plane. Yeah, and then he falls over. And then they said it was windy. He's falling up. Yeah, it was the like wind. You know, yeah, they, they, you know when really the wind knocks you off the stairs, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when, you, when you're right in Florida in the midst of a tornado, just standing outside trying to sleep with your cousin? You know when Actually, it's happening. I wonder if someone, if, if there's someone who's good enough at VFX, they could add a tornado background to that video and <laughs> <laughs> show the wind and like good. chairs, chairs flying and maybe a cow or two. I read today that, and I did not know this, and maybe you can shed some wisdom on this. Kamala Harris does not need to salute anybody. I saw that as the vice president. Is that normal or what? I don't know. I don't know if it's. it's it must required. be because of that office. Because she's not military. Is that why it is? I don't yeah. think she's in any kind of command. I don't think she's part of the military. Either. He has yeah. to, right? Biden has to. I, think I don't. So. I don't know if he has to. No, he's a commander. He doesn't Maybe. have to. Yeah. yeah, it's like respect, I guess. Well, it seems like they get no respect. Yeah. Ooh. I don't know. I think Kamala Harris is is the is the acting president. Ugh. And when you wait, look, there's reports that she's the one talking to world leaders. She's now in charge of the border crisis. What is Biden doing? He's complaining about guns on TV. I guess. Yeah. That it. He shows up. I, I I love seeing the trouble at the border and just knowing that it wasn't the last president's fault only, and just it's their fault. These are these are bigger places and they're more comfortable to keep these migrant children that we've separated uh-huh. from their families. Yes. The whole the whole the just whole- own up to it. If they just own up to it, wouldn't you and wouldn't other people go? Hey, now we can listen to what they want to say. Like, wouldn't it level the playing field for this you? Is, this is what we were talking about with Black Panther, and if we had a, a you know a black president, what they, what, what they could get away with. They weaponized their own problems against Trump. Barack Obama created these facilities. Trump inherited them, and then they blamed Trump while posting photos from the Obama administration. Yeah. Then Trump shut them down. This is crazy. Trump shut down some of these facilities. Biden reopened them. Yeah. Apparently, Kamala Harris was protesting out in front of one of them and then reopened it. Yeah. It's amazing how that works, right? And uh, what do we get now? There's like this really cringe video of a woman singing Part of Your World by the Little Mermaid song, but it's about uh, Joe Biden. I watched literally two seconds and I was like, I can't watch Your this head exploded thing. and you just fell I, over. And I was just like, I'm not going to, I'm not giving this two minutes. Yeah. I didn't even have time to take a nap today, and I was all excited to get here. And I'm like, I don't have the two minutes. To, to be fair, well, actually, no. I was going to say, to be fair, the right does have their meme videos of Trump. But I got to be honest, the meme videos of Trump yeah. were actually funny. Like, you ever see the one where, I think it was Carpe Donctum, where it's the Time Magazine cover, and it says Trump 2024, <laughs> Trump 2028, Trump 2030, yeah. and it keeps going. It's dun, 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 dun. And then it shows Trump dancing, and the number keeps going, yes. and they all freaked out. It was hilarious. There's the one where Trump's doing that weird dance where yeah. he, he does the weird fist thing. <laughs> white guy dance. And it's like playing that song or whatever. Those were funny. The memes were funny. They were ridiculous. But the meme, like the things they're doing now, the Democrats about Biden, it's like, the, I liken it to this. You ever see uh, uh, like pure flicks or like old, really low quality Christian versions of superheroes and stuff? Bible man and veggie tales and stuff. I think so. 
That, that's basically what the, what the left has become. Hollywood and the TV industry, the Democrats are this like low quality, unhip facsimile of actual fun mainstream culture. The Puritans have taken it over and now they're producing just cringe ideology content. Yeah. The message is more important than the, than the content. But that being said, people seek out genuine thought and genuine entertainment more so than they used to. People are more aware of their choices, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's a lot of reruns, a lot of older movies, newer movies. Man, I tell you, it's shockingly bad stuff. I had, we have an artist named Matt Miller. He does all of our artwork, like these Wuhan shirts and stuff. And I'm not trying to plug him, but I'm just telling you how innovative he is. He worked on this movie that was about <clears throat> these stuntmen that did a jump and on their car was a Confederate flag because it was modeled after the Dukes of Hazard thing. The movie's gone. They pulled the movie from everything. Oh, because the Confederate Because there's a Confederate flag on a car in a movie. Can I? Maybe I should just fund a short film or maybe like a feature length, just a really low budget, but like a well low, well done low budget that just is like the anti-wokest of anti-woke. I, I think we should, first of all, I'll do it with you, but lose the idea of very low budget and at least go to medium budget. But what's medium budget? Because I'm, I'm, I mean, like low budget is 150 k. We could make. That's what I mean. Absolutely, by low, budget. low budget could be like now. You could shoot a movie on a phone; it'd be crappy. But 150 k, we make like an 80s style, totally raunch, un PC <laughs> movie. Uh, yes. My buddy Zach Wynn had this idea, too. Could and it be like a buddy cop film? It could be whatever you want. Give me 150K. I got the people. We'll put it together. Let's, Let's make a, a movie. Going, man. Let's do it. Script. Come on, you're antiquated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, We've thought about I mean, I had the money. We were right before COVID. We were going to do a cancel culture movie. And we were going to cozy up to the guys that were canceling online and pretend that we weren't going to do a bad thing and then we're going to cover Shane Gillis and cover all these people and then hopefully find, you know, all these cancel people have horrible skeletons in their closet. I don't know if you know what drives them, yeah. but they're yelling loudly to cover up what they're hiding. But were you were you going to you were going to do like a fictional movie? No, we were going to do a doc because oh, okay. I did a doc called 25 sets where I did 25 shows in a night, 25 stand-up shows in a night. And then uh, James Altucher, who uh, owns Stand Up New York, was like, "Let's do something else," and we came up with this. We've been trying to get him to come idea. on the show too, but it's like James is great. I'll yeah, talk to him. Trying yeah, to, trying to. I mean, I, we should need to find a schedule for all this. Yeah, stuff. he's in Florida now because oh, he, okay. he said New York is dead. Yeah, and then, and then he got out of there real yeah. quick. And I love James. And then you remember Seinfeld was like, no, it's okay. I can see it from the Hamptons. Yeah. You guys, yeah. <laughs> you guys in my Porsches. Uh, that's Trump doing Seinfeld. Yeah. Uh, see, I'm not as good at impressions as you. I really just want to hear there's only There's only me. some that I'm really good at. Yeah. But um, I, I guess a, a decent amount. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a great skill to have. Uh, but yeah, we should, we should definitely do an over-the-top, un-PC, 80s-style raunch fat. Remember Porky's where they're like looking through the hole oh, yeah. and the girls are changing? No, and, I don't know that one. Oh, Porky's was a classic. And it was shot in Canada, too. Was it that 80s? was like, yeah, that was yeah. one of the... Remember there was movies where you're like, oh, tits! And you were so excited. <laughs> I was just born in the late 80s. Were you? <laughs> I was born in 86. Sorry. <laughs> I was born in 72. Uh, so you got to grow up with all that craziness. They were hot dog. These are movies you... I, I will watch Black Panther... If you watch Hot Dog <laughs> and Porky's. Fair deal. All right. Hot Dog was great. It's a ski movie, and there's like a stereotypical Asian guy. He's like, I'm so scared to ski. And then uh, 
That's how he talked. I'm doing an impression. <laughs> and then, uh, but you just seem like, oh, boobs, like hot tub scenes, and you're so excited for boobs. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I've seen, it was fa- Fast Times, that was the 80s, right? Yeah. Fast yeah. Times was pretty good. Great yeah. soundtrack. Let's do it. Let's 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 make a uh, uh, stereotypical '80s anti-woke. All right, we we'll get right. Uh, maybe we even get Ryan Long involved. Definitely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's we're 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 working together on the Our Pillow project, mm-hmm. and we'll we'll see if we can we can get it together, and we'll see how it plays out. Because I don't know if the the pillow thing's actually going to end up happening. For like you know the good pillow. Yeah. I think the news cycle kind of had its its course, but we have uh, that burlap sack over there. Yeah, I see it. Full of That's packing cool. peanuts. It's very funny. So we're uh, you know. We're thinking about it. it it's it's got, it's super topical, so it only really works if David Hogg actually does start a pillow company. Yeah, and I'm not sure he's actually going to do it. But if he does, then we're going to have the communist version of my pillow. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Do you, Do you feel uh, when you look at a school shooting like that one uh, that grabs so much notoriety for so long? I go down to Florida twice a year. We got like a little condo there and I go down and do comedy a lot. My wife came with me and she did a Parkland joke 10 minutes outside of Parkland and the whole crowd turned on her. It's all like rich. they were mad. They, they were offended, I think is the best way to put it. Uh, and she's like, what's the problem? Whenever she opens for me, she inevitably walks some of the crowd and just defends <laughs> them and doesn't understand why I don't want her to open for me. Uh, so, um, her name's Christine Meenberg, by the way. She's very funny. And, uh, I'm just wondering, do you think in the cases of these school shootings, where a school shooting happens, is that neighborhood then safe for 30 years after? Would you send a kid to that school if you go, hey, I'm going to move down to no. Parkland now because I think it's Definitely out of the not. way? Definitely not. You, you think- I think they're going to overreact and create overbearing laws and panic, and it's going to become nightmarish for the people who live there. You look at, like, uh, Norway, for instance, and there was a tragic event, we'll call it that. And they mourned and they carried on yeah. because they realized that we can't control the wind. You know what I mean? Yeah. In the U.S., you get Chicago every weekend. Every weekend. For decades. And they laugh in your face and insult you when you bring it up. They say, you don't really, like, it, it's remarkable to me that I'm like, hey, I'm kind of from this place. And I actually interviewed a black woman who was leading the, the charge on protecting gun rights getting illegal guns off the street and advocating for victims of gun violence. They don't care. They don't want to talk about it. And they will tell you to shut your mouth when you do. But then when you get some, you know, these other tragic events that negatively impact or scare the white progressive wealthy and affluent suburbs, all of a sudden now they demand you bend the knee. But what happens is they panic and they create overbearing and insane rules, laws, and regulations that don't make sense. Literally don't. Why do people not care about black communities, that, poor black because communities. Tr- it's tribalism that guides everything. The democratic tribe, and I'm not talking about leftists like socialists who actually want socialism and they want Marxist revolution or whatever. The democrat tribe doesn't care about any kind of principle. I learned this at very early, early at a young age when all the democrats were protesting George W. Bush in war. The moment Obama got elected, they were gone, mm-hmm. and they were singing and dancing about Obama while he bombed kids. <clears throat> And I was like, wow, those people lied about everything. And Bomb Flint. Bomb Flint? Yeah. What do you mean? This was in a Michael Moore movie. You would oh, know. Oh, because- <laughs> 11-9 or whatever? Yeah. So, the, what, Was what there we- any truth to that? Or am I just way off base and that's I don't a know conspiracy the full theory? About it. But Michael Moore is genuinely nuts. He thinks Donald Trump got elected because of Gwen Stefani. Yeah. And his, his doc, <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. He says Gwen Stefani got paid more money and Trump got mad. So he used a presidential campaign run to boost his salary so that he could go to NBC and claim 
now that he's a presidential candidate, they should pay him more. Wow. The reason that's psychotic is that Donald Trump registered Make America Great Again years, like I think four or five years before he even actually announced his run. Yeah. Everybody knew he was preparing to run. And he even talked about running back in, I think, 2000 for the Reform Party or something. So Michael Moore has just gone totally crackpot. Yeah. But uh, the example, because I've been talking about gun control a lot, they, they come out and they're like, because of these events, we got to ban the AR-15. And it's like, bro, that's just like saying ban gun. It doesn't mean anything. Say, ban AR-15. What AR-15? What caliber? What, what kind of, what are, you, what are you talking about when you say that? Because there's a bunch of other semi-automatic rifles that are functionally the same that aren't AR-15s. So basically they're coming out and they're telling you to ban something that won't change anything they're complaining about. It is just an overbearing re- like reaction to a crisis. So to, to your question. I would not send my kid or move to these neighborhoods. They're going to have laws like you can't if, if the cat sneezes, it's a twenty dollar fine, and you're going to yeah. be like, "What?" And you're going to be like, "It's the law," and because they panic. That's so they the knee jerk reaction is right. to make people more afraid. Well, we got to go to super chats. We are we, we are going a little bit a uh, little long Chat. on this, but it was fun. So for those that are listening, if you haven't already, smash the like button, hit that uh, notification bell, subscribe to the show, go to timcast.com, become a member. Because we're going to have an exclusive members-only segment. Probably going to be one of the dirtiest comedy bits we've heard in a long time, I guess. That's how you're making it sound. But uh, it's I mean, it's pretty safe for what I do. But yeah, it'll be... <laughs> it'll be fun. And I'm it'll sure it'll be, be profanity-laced. So, but, uh, but again, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna, we are going to read your Super Chats. So smash that like button. Let's jump right in. Graf Von Tirol says, Reddit hired someone who enabled pedos and banned people from bringing that person up. To me, that's the last straw. I've deleted my Reddit account over this. And I remember all kinds of poor decisions prior to this. That is a huge scandal right now. I saw that. Yeah. Reddit hiring this person and then trying to cover it up. It's freaking people out. Jay Smith says, ha- uh, have Ehrenberg ask you if you like John Cougar Mellencamp. Who's, who's, <laughs> oh, boy. That's a musician, I mean, right? Uh, yeah. It's, uh, it's a bit that we do on our show. You remember, we'll save this for after, but uh, you you remember- What song did he do? Remember uh, the okay. sucking on a chili dog thing? So now it's gone, oh. little ditty about Jack and Diane, oh, two American song. kids oh, growing yeah, up yeah, in yeah. the heart. Yeah, yeah, So yeah, then yeah. one guy did this thing where he goes, sucking on a chili dog, suck it. So he made the whole song just the word sucking on a chili dog. <laughs> Uh, and what we do is I lure people in and I go, hey, do you like John Cougar Mellencamp? And you go, oh, yeah. And I go, which song do you love? And you go, that one. So then we start to play that song and then we show scat porn to it. Uh, way <laughs> over it. the top. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Oh, my goodness. All right. Your face is Save priceless to me. Save all right. I love Just what Debase, are we doing? Debate Zoomer says, how long until MLK is canceled and the statues are torn down? He was a conservative Republican preacher who had misogynistic tendencies. Tim, do you think you'd ever go on what? What is that? T I S M. What is that? I have no idea. I don't know what that is. No, no. Um, it's very soon that he's going to get canceled. I, MLK? I, I, yeah, definitely. Come on, bro. Do you believe in Doctor King's dream? That well, I do. But I don't. That think one day my four little does. children will be judged not by the color of their skin, but by the, by content, the content of their character. Of the, sure, that'd be great to me. Okay, that that defies. So you're saying we should judge him by the content of his no. character? Martin Luther King? Yeah. We should definitely judge him by the content of his character. But it's do as I say, not as I do. Don't you know the how that The woke works? don't like Martin Luther King Jr. Really? They might lie and claim it because regular liberals will be shocked. If you take Ibram X. Kendi, this famous woke, Robin D'Angelo, and they went to a seminar with a bunch of run-of-the-mill liberal types and said they think that the King, that Dr. King was wrong, 
the liberals would be go, whoa, whoa, that's an affront to their worldview. So they have to feign support for a colorblind future while advocating for a, you know, color vision or whatever, yeah. like a racially segregated future. Wouldn't it be easier to just be honest and go? This well, no, guy, they want power and they believe a... they have the right to lie to steal it. Jeez. Yeah. So that's why I ask power. liberals who are indoctrinated, I'll say, do you agree with Dr. King's dream? And they say, yes. And like I, sp I specify his dream was specifically kind of the character. Then I say, how does what you are doing with racial segregation at colleges support Dr. King's dream? And they get really angry. Yeah. Because they're fighting against Martin Luther King Jr. Yeah. They are fighting his vision and his dream. I heard these stories from my grandparents, man. I knew all about civil rights. And I can tell you, these people absolutely were the bad guys back then and the bad guys today. The only problem is today they've, they've regained power and they're starting to win. These are right-wing reactionaries. The corporate Democrats are not authoritarian left. They're not. They pretend to be maybe, but they're authoritarian, probably centrist or authoritarian right. For the most part, they don't care about whether it's a corporation or a communism. They care about command. They, they care about corporatism. So they can claim to be somewhat traditional or somewhat progressive, but still just want to seize your rights, seize your guns, take away your speech. These are, and, and they want to rewind the clock to bring us back to an era of racial segregation and animosity. And it's working. They're doing it. They're creating these racial affinity groups. They're segregating people based on race at universities. And they're exacerbating and inflaming racial tensions in this country. They're doing it on purpose under the guise of opposing racism, doing everything in their power to make more people racist. So we're right. In what regard? In every regard of all the points that I brought up. These people that are crying racism mm -hmm. are the ones that are racist themselves, yeah. right? Not necessarily. So a lot of these people are blind zealots. That's why. I okay, say, so they're, they're tribal and they're jumping onto that bandwagon because exactly. they think it's the right and thing. And they're to being do. led by the Democratic Party, which is the party historically of Jim Crow, segregation, racism, slavery, the, 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 the Confederates. We all know been. that, but always people been. then look at that and go, well, no, they've changed this party. That was a very clever strategy on the part right. of the Democrats. They, kn they knew you're not going to win. So let me ask you this. You need to be so I'm a good person. Agree? Yeah. Yeah. From what you know? So far, so far, so good. Yeah. There you go. Okay, good. That's all I needed to hear. <laughs> that, that, that's what the battle is for by people that are constantly under attack because we're made to believe that we're horrible people for saying the things we say or doing the things we do, which include taking care of our families, supporting people, making people laugh, uh, starting positive communities, wanting to give back to communities. How many people committed a hate crime against an Asian because of Dave Chappelle's joke where he mocked Chinese people? None. None. No. I, I guarantee you, and I would be willing, I, I would, I, and, and I, I try to avoid absolutes, but I am willing to bet a substantial amount of money that not a single person watched Dave Chappelle make fun of Chinese people and then got instantly filled with a blinding rage and then wanted to go commit a hate crime. Yeah. But what, what did Jay Leno say? What did his other comics say? Ellery Smith, this, this robot chicken writer, says that her joke about pod Thai contributed to the violence. Yeah. No, it didn't. Shut up, you egotist. Yeah. You think you're so important, so special, and so influential. You are not. You were some random teenager who said something dumb on the internet. No one cares. No one cares. This is, what, this is the, the, the lies they push. And it's obvious when they don't criticize Dave Chappelle for it. They I can't. Did, it would offend delicate sensibilities of uninitiated liberals. I did a show years ago called White Guys Matter. And it was just white stand-up comics. And it was <laughs> satirical. You laughed yeah. at it because you understand you're that it's a joke. It. Yes. We matter. We need jobs. We matter. Yeah. And we went. I did it in Toronto on a night. 
hear nothing about it. It's a Wednesday. I talked to Mark Breslin, who owns Yuck Yucks, and I go, hey, for the Wednesday, you want to do the show, White Guys Matter? Because Wednesdays, normally 20, 30 people. This is back when I wouldn't draw that much. He goes, all right, it's not going to help ticket sales. Sure enough, two days before, people catch wind of it. They're so upset. <laughs> Boom. Show sells out. Yes. People attacking. He's a Nazi. He's a right wing. My grandmother was in the Holocaust. That's, but you know, that's, that's just an argument you would use against Nazism. Uh, and then, uh, of course, without telling anybody, I donate all the proceeds to a black trans charity <laughs> without telling anybody. Uh, yeah. But then if someone finds out, well, he did that to cover up the, no, it's just funny and good. Yeah, so why yeah. are they so judgmental when when we're not? We aren't judging them saying they're bullies. They want power. They'll lie to get it. There you go. No, no. But we're the bullies in their eyes. And that's how they make everything seem. Well, I'll tell you this. There are some people who are bullies for sure. And that's the weapons, they're, the weapon they're looking for. That's why I, I, I was critical of Tucker Carlson when he ragged on Taylor Lorenz. I'm like, dude, you want to criticize the tweet of a journalist? You can not mention their name. Yeah. Explain a New York Times journalist said this, leave their name out. They'll still try and feign some kind of victimhood. Mm -hmm. They need that. They need conservatives to do this. And for some reason, conservatives think they're fighting on an equal, on, on an equal footing. That's not. No, they're fighting an uphill battle. Yeah. The rules don't apply to the left the same way they do the right. So the right, when they engage in name calling and calling people out the way the left and the media does, it doesn't work. Yeah. It's worse. You're giving the ammo they're asking for. They're cheering and laughing at you when you do it. I don't, read. I don't name my enemies. Ever. Right. Yeah. You talk about the things they say, the ideas, or the institutions. That's right. Sometimes I'll name some people if they're in a powerful enough position. Politicians I'll name all the time because it's civics. All right. Here we got uh, the Black Blade says, weird, I'm 39 and officially retired. Have some ex-rollerblader love and get some new coping. Bolt a new rail to the ground. Add some vert to the half pipe. And as always, keep up the magnificent work. Hey, will do. Artifici uh, Artificis says, what do you think about the idea that creators add to attention commodification via don donors and subs, also perpetuating the idea that it is impossible to do what you do due to market saturation? What makes your opinion more valuable than anyone else's with similar experience? I don't know. I can talk really fast for a really long time, and I make a ton of content. <laughs> That's, true. That's it. Yeah. Probably it. Uh, there's a lot of people I've watched their content, and they can't talk as quickly and for as long. I'm not it's even true. kidding. It's I know, so but it's true. funny to me yeah. that it's so simplistic, yeah. yet it seems so difficult. I, guess I talk fast. I talk fast, yeah. and I can talk forever. Yeah. I learned it because I used to do fundraising for nonprofits. Yeah. There's a trick. There's a couple different sales techniques. One of them is the slow hypnotic sales pitch, where you don't let them leave, and you talk really slow. So... When you have, and then they're just eventually like, uh, mm -hmm. but then there's also the ultra fast. Listen, I'm telling you, this is the most important thing in the world. You're going to get your credit card right now. We're going to sign this form because you are going to be changing the world. You want to change the world, right? Of course you do. You already said yes. I know you love it. Martin that's Luther King raped me. All right, Ben. All right. That's too much. <laughs> but yeah, so it's, you know, I, I, I used to do fundraising and it was talk really fast from my, my pitch was usually the bing, bang, boom, you know, you know here we're going to go and. You, you, you make them go like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And then like, definitely. And then they sign up. And, they and you mix money. up sometimes the slow talk and the fast talk. That would be great. You get hit in the head with a rock or like an air conditioner falls down and bangs you on the head. And you're like, <laughs> so as I was saying. <laughs> then they feel bad and they don't it. Yeah. yeah. All right. Christopher Knoll says, shout out to D.S. Wilson and his new book, Atlas Hugged. Oh. Ebook for as little as $1. 
You left libs will love his criticism of Ayn Rand. Must read. Could be Ian's presidential playbook. Defund the Fed. Very cool. Hey, interesting. Cap, uh, let's see. CPL Hillbilly, that Corporal Hillbilly says, North Korea launched two ICBMs into the Sea of Japan today. Yahoo News told me so. That's freaky, man. So I heard. Jim Satala says, hey, Aaron, Jim from Florida here. Are you saying that... (laughs) (laughs) Read it. (laughs) Are you saying that two Wongs make a white... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> IHW rules compound media is the free speech network. I'm allowed to say that because I am part Asian. That's right. Yes. So you, everybody has to know if Dave Chappelle can make fun of Asians, I can playfully so. join in and Dave make fun Chappelle of my is, own family and my he's own. He's part family. Asian too, I bet. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I'm so, uh, sure. Enough, I suppose. Every, isn't everybody? Well, I think I'm allowed to. There's actually a really funny college humor bit where there's a panel of a full Asian, a half Asian, and a quarter Asian. And they're judging mixed race Asian people and, and giving them permission to do certain things. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really funny bit. So like a guy walks in, he goes, I'm one sixteenth Asian on my mom's side. When I'm or when I'm eating a Chinese a Chinese food restaurant, can I order with an accent and use chopsticks? And they're like, yeah, we think that one's OK. You're, yeah. you're, you're good to do it. And then at the end, they're like the, the uh, are you really black panel? A, guy, a white guy walks in and he goes, my great great grandfather was black. And they go, you're black. Oh, wow. <laughs> that was the joke from College Humor, I guess. Love it. Like the Asians were arguing about it. Yeah. Brandon Savage says, Tim, five bucks says you can get Shane Gillis on your show. Yeah. A case of beer might lock in the deal. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to have him. That'd be great. Yeah. Garrett Norman says, Tim, did you see the Forbes article about the Biden administration asking the Supreme Court to ignore the Second and Fourth Amendment written by Nick Sabella? I did see that. It's amazing. Yeah, That's where we're at beautiful. these days, huh? Brandon Freeman says, Tim, Ian, Lydia, what did you guys do to Luke? Have you poured any new concrete slabs lately? I'd like some professionals to come and inspect your casa with some luminol. Love the show. Luke, uh, he, he abandoned us. We didn't do anything to yeah. him. Yeah. This is we voluntary. We, we begged. We were like, Luke, don't leave. And he was like, I've had enough. I can't do it anymore. <laughs> he said that the pressure was just too great and that he was scared of, uh, of greatness. He was terrified. His, his yeah. only choice was to run to the beaches of Florida and hide. Because he realized that if he if he did stay on the show too long, that people would uh, hold he he would have a, a certain responsibility. Yes. You know, with great power comes great responsibility. Too famous, and he doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't want to be too famous, and he doesn't want to be. Uh, uh, he just couldn't do it. Yeah, yeah he was he was strain. he was just too scared. Makes yeah, sense. yeah, the strain was too much for him to bear. <laughs> All right, Jonathan. I, I hope he's listening. By the way, Jonathan <laughs> Trembley says, "I work for Waltons. We sell uh, meat processing equipment and supplies. We created." Meat gistics to teach people to make awesome, uh, is it mest products? Because it's using mest, okay. Meat, I, meat products. Well, it says mest twice. <clears throat> oh, interesting. Meat products. If you get into hunting, SNID, uh, and want yeah, to learn, go. all right, and want <laughs> to learn how to make awesome sausage and jerky, I'd love to teach you and supply the needed equipment. Very cool. I don't know if I can get into that. Maybe uh, other people. Ben Walker says, speaking of good comics, what are the odds we can get Tim Dillon and his producer Ben on here? Always hilarious, but he's really been killing the game lately. I think the issue with people like Tim Dillon is that these comics that are gaining, any, anybody who's gaining too big of an audience too quickly has no reason to come on a show oh, if they already have their own platform. So some people will, some people won't. People get busy too. We got one for you. All right. Rook says, Aaron Berg looks like great value Joe Rogan. It's true. I get, <laughs> I get that often. Great value is a good one. Great value. Yeah, great value. it's better than discount. Yeah, right, right, yeah. right. I like that. Yeah. Because, you know, you go to great value is what's Walmart's yeah, brand. It's Walmart. yeah. Great value. It, 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 it's it's almost you're, you're, you're a better value, Joe Rogan. Thank you. 
Smirkin Fidel says Jay Leno was literally the ambassador for political correctness. He's not short. He's vertically challenged. Remember that line of comedy on The Tonight Show? He ushered in the wokeness. Really? Wow. Well, Jay Leno is another one of these late night, you know, talk show hosts. Undead Neanderthal says, hey, Tim and crew, love the show. Can I get a shout out for my podcast, Land of the Shadow People, host by the Paranormal Pilgrim? I like it. Well, there you go. Check that out, guys. Bethany L says, would you guys consider discussing the breaking story about the Reddit mod? Um, perhaps. I don't know too much about it. This is the mod that apparently is associated with, like, the Liberal Democrats in the UK. Yeah, UK, yeah. And they were trying to cover up that they were involved in some really creepy yes. goings on. But So I guess they made a bot to just scrub her name from all the posts, which was super interesting. Reddit as a corporation did. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I think so. Yeah. It's a little sketchy. El Furious Strout says, Tim, you've inspired me to start creating music. Yes. I've recorded some concept vocals to a new song I'm writing called Power Grab. It's on my channel now. I look forward to the feedback. Thanks for all that you do, IRL crew. Well, thank you very much. Very cool. Brandon Tom says, look at look at Tim denigrating Trump's masculinity based on outward traits alone. As if we don't revere little engines that could, Davids and Goliaths. What about the masculine traits of always fighting for what's right and overcoming impossible odds? Well, I think we did eventually get to the the, the ment- mentality of masculinity, too. Yeah, we did. So, all right. Jack Her- Herrera says, let's talk about the UFOs or the border crisis. Maybe we'll get into that in the uh, exclusive members only segment. So, uh, again, make sure you're over at TimCast.com as a member and you're smashing that like button. Yes. Miss Swagger Wagon says, as soon as your app is out, I'm canceling my YTP and joining. Also, today is my Monday and I, and I, and I listen at work. So I've binged three, episode, three episodes today. Keep on being <laughs> dope. Thanks to everyone. Awesome. I appreciate it. So we, uh, the new website is coming soon. We're trying to make sure we roll it out perfectly so that no members are affected neg- affected negatively. And then we're going to have an app coming out shortly after that. We still are going to have everything on YouTube. So, you know, just so you know. Keyblade Master Andy says, it seems there is a lot of people in the chat that doubt you were ever homeless. Care to elaborate? Um, okay. I was 18 and left my house because I was 18 and uh, I went to go work at O'Hare for American Eagle Airlines and I had lived with my grandpa for a little bit. I had, oh man, long story. So my dad had an apartment. He had already prepaid the lease. He moved out. So when I was 18, I moved into that studio with my brother and me and my friends hung out, but the lease expired eventually. I then had nowhere to go. So my parents were like, well, you're, you can live with your grandpa. Lived with my grandpa for a little bit, started working for, this is when I was working at O'Hare Airport. And then some family things happened. My grandpa passed away. And then I had nowhere to go. In order to get to the airport, I had to live close enough to the airport because I, I had to be there by 5 a.m. because my shift started at 5.30. And then couldn't live with my family. They wouldn't let me. So I started sleeping in the airport. I had a car, started sleeping in a car. And then there was a period where my car had, you know, stripped tires at, long story short, there were a few nights I ended up sleeping outside. Slept in my car for the most part over the period of a few months, slept at the airport for a little bit, and then uh, eventually just got sick of it, ended up quitting and then moving. And it's actually, I think it's fair to say that I was hard homeless on and off for a short period, and then I was sleeping on friends' couches homeless for an extended period. That's the easiest way to describe it, I suppose. Would you sleep in the front seat? Uh, Yeah, usually. And I got a ticket once. I had I had left work and was like super tired because I worked a double shift. And so I pulled off on the side of the road in the middle of nowhere and was like, I got to go to sleep. I'm going to sleep here. And a cop woke me up and gave me a parking ticket. And I was like, I'm sitting here with the blinkers on. I don't care. 
<clears throat> and I was like, great, the poor get poorer because I can't afford to pay this. Yeah. And then, you know, a bunch of other stuff happened. My license got suspended. And man, talk about, oof. So yes. bouncing around from different friends who would have me. And uh, yeah. That's all. Eventually. Good times. Ended up. How did I end up finding it? Oh, yeah. Eventually, one of my friends let me crash in their pantry, which was big for a couple hundred bucks. Then from there, I actually ended up getting my own place. And then I had this like three bedroom apartment with like seven people living in it. So nobody paid anything. That's what skateboarders do. Yeah. And then I moved to Los Angeles, got a job, made some money, finally got a real apartment. And I worked my way up from there. I used to wash my hands with rainwater. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, I was living in my buddy's car. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, man. Glamorous. Ugh. David Murdoch says, hey, Tim, you talk video games and zombies. Real life drag queen Zane uh, Dimash is zombie slayer extraordinaire battling mobs suffering a mind virus in Drag the Dead. Third-person shooter now in development. Counterculture. Learn more at David Murdoch Art on Twitter and Minds. Cool. Jordan N. says, Trump may not be the most masculine, but it's hard to argue that he isn't an alpha. He walks into a room and everyone instantly gravitates towards him, and he tends to control the situation. That is Charisma. 100% true. Yeah. Yeah. He is a dominating and imposing figure that people cannot give up. So I don't know if you'd call it masculinity. People are addicted to Donald Trump. Period. They loved him on TV. They loved him for who he was. Then when he was president, no one could shut up about him. Everyone. I'm going to say this. I think he exited with grace on that final day. I was thinking that too, yeah. Where he's just like, you're all special people. I love you. Goodbye. And then he didn't do the, the football handoff, whatever. He just got in a plane and flew to Florida. Yeah. And then there was some Democrat guy who was like, it's, you know, he did a hypothetical. He's like, 12.01 p.m. Donald Trump lands in Florida. Black SUVs are racing down the tarmac, lights flashing. Oh they surround the plane. Men in black suits jump out, guns drawn. Donald Trump is finally being arrested. And I'm like, these, these people, it's bluing on, man. These people are crazy. They don't go to jail, these people. All right. Cerelio says, just came back after a 30-minute break. Had to take time to talk to a friend about purchasing a handgun because I'm nervous Biden will make it impossible soon. Also, rising tensions have, have me worried. Many thanks, pool crew. Um... 3D printed gun, 3D printed guns are here to stay. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just there's nothing that's gonna be can be done about it. Ashley and Kaya says, "I love Compound Media Week on IRL." Chrissy oh. then Berg, Aaron, how soon until you ditch Gino and join Kumia? Uh, today, I came on this show to make the announcement. I am firing Gino Biscotti. I'm kidding. Oh snap! I will not Whoa. leave. Uh, no, Gino, I have to, Gino and I will be together. Uh, I have to. I, I'm gonna have to issue an apology after realizing this. Oh, no. The super chat they say. Uh, Wong Tan says, Tim, Aaron is a racist who co-hosts a show with racist Gino Desconte <laughs> and racist compound media also owned by a racist vampire. Oh, snap. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to have to issue an apology over your appearance. It's uh, it's quite acceptable. <laughs> I would like to apologize to uh, everybody. Oh, hey, really hey. helping it there. <laughs> JT says, people who fear black guns and want them banned are just lashing out because of their internalized white supremacy. I love you, Ian. Stay amazing. Well, thank you. All right. Jason Van Kirk says, Tim, there are 614 billionaires in the U.S. and 18.7 millionaires. Love the show. Everyone keep up the good work. And we should tax all of their money. Every single... I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but the how about we all agree that the Hollywood and media ones, those, those are, that's fair game, right? We yeah. can tax yeah, all their money. I'm with yeah. you on it. Conservatives and, and progressives alike, we agree. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's the compromise. Yes. We can't tax all of the rich, that's but we can tax compromise. the rich that the conservatives don't like. Yeah. Well, I don't think the, the, the leftists like these people either. They don't like liberals. Softshell Crab says, what do y'all think about overtime being taxed? Should it continue to be taxed or not? No. Why not? 
because I worked with nurses and they would work extra hours and they would be like, it doesn't matter how much I work. I'm just going to be moved up like a tax, not a tax bracket. You were telling me that, but it wasn't going to increase their pay enough that they were never going to see a single penny Ah. of how much they work. Well, think about it this way. If you, uh, overtime is usually what time and a half. Yeah. So that, that will offset any increase in your tax bracket if you go to a higher level. But interestingly, if you are making, you know, 80,000 a year, I don't, I don't know what the exact, exact tax brackets are, but let's just give a hypothetical. You're making 80K a year and they're like, okay, we're going to pay you an extra five grand raise. Uh, we're, we're going to pay you a certain percent, a 5% raise for, you know, so you, you get a certain percentage, but then that money is taxed at an additional 5% because you went to a higher bracket. You're not really necessarily going to see that raise. You know what I mean? If they tax you on that number. All right, let's see. Janet Partridge says 1972 produced some good free thinkers. Cool guest. Is that what 1972? That's your, what did they say? You were born in 1972. Yeah. 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 They say they produce some good free thinkers. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. The best. Ben Walker says, get Tim Dillon on the show. Yes or yes. I think the question is whether or not Tim Dillon will come on the show. We're well, we're, we're, we like, we have tons of people on the show. We have, fun, you know, yeah. you know, all, all different types. There's a, there's a lot of very, very famous people. They're like, why don't you try getting, you know, Donald Trump on the show? It's like, oh, oh yeah, sure, that's yeah. great. Yeah, I'll just get right on let, me, let me call Donald Trump. <laughs> Alexander Scarpecci says, president is the commander in chief. And within the chain of command of the military and the protocol is to salute. The vice president is not, but could still salute out of respect. Yes. Well, I don't think she respects anybody. Okay. Ethan Sacco says, I'm a former Marine and all enlisted have to salute officers no matter what. Officers can choose to salute back if they want. We would all salute an officer individually to piss them off and make them salute back. <laughs> well, there you go. That's funny. This is like Cameron Lewer says, can you talk about a convention of states? It's super important and I think could help save this country for a while longer. So many people don't know about it. Article 5. Well, there's a bunch of different articles, I guess. Yeah. There's different, uh, like the states can convene and change the constitution. Really? Yeah, yeah. You need a certain amount, I suppose. Yeah, you do. You need like two thirds or whatever. So 38 or something. Jeffrey Par- uh, Person says, Alexander the Great conquered the known world by controlling four institutions, school, religion, art, and media and entertainment. Sound familiar? Mm. People learn from histories, man. Sonny James says, there's no selling point for the left, just fear and terror. Right after a mass shooting, the left media likes, uh, left media like, and a Karen acting badly. Please dox her. Well, m- m- there might be some missing words in there. The left, just like pandemics, racism <clears throat> and the fear for life. The invisible enemy forever who lives like that. <laughs> Crazy people, I suppose. Goosey Goose says, kicked back with a glass of bourbon, listening to the show. Keep up the great work, guys. Your friend, Goose. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Enjoy. Slurms McKenzie says, Tim, been a fan since you had like 18K subs. I'm from Winnipeg and am a full stack software dev. Would love to get involved in what you're building. However, I can remotely, uh, remotely, of course. How can I make this happen? Cheers. Well, uh, you can smash the like button. But uh, I don't think we're hiring anybody remote because there's so much that we need to do here on the ground in terms of physical infrastructure as well as building things out. I'm not a fan of remote stuff. I think people need to be around each other and share in a culture and ideas and help things grow. And people who are in remote areas don't interact with anybody else. And then it's like a it's like desynchronized, you know. Well, let's do a couple more super chats here. Let's see what we got. Well, uh, Wapo of Epic says, according to Forbes, Biden administration urges Supreme Court to let cops enter home and seize guns without a warrant. I saw that, it's yeah. a violation of many amendments yeah. and fundamental human rights. Gino Fass says, please don't ditch me, Tim. I'm a website member. Thank I will you. not. Thank you. All right. What else we got? We'll do a couple more. 
Michael Ford says, look how successful you are now. Think you could have accomplished this in a uh, could you could you have accomplished this in a communist country? Keep up the great show. Look forward to it every night. I could have because they would have seen my greatness and appointed me to the position of political speech. Propagandist. Propagandist. That's right. (laughs) Talk about the glory of communist party. Unendingly. All right. Let's see. Last super chat right here. Mike Greff says all women get guns, concealed carry permits and training free from the government. Even the physical disadvantage that they have. What do you guys think? I agree. Universal health care. The government should take over health care. Everybody gets to go to the doctor whenever. And they also have to give everybody a gun. Yes. You get your choice. I think. What do you guys think? Should the should the standard firearm be a Glock or a 1911? Mm. I'm leaning towards 1911. I'm, I'm a, I like the 1911 now. Yeah, I like the 1911. <laughs> and uh, maybe a Springfield Armory 1911. And then. Uh, but you also would have the choice between the handgun or the AR-15. And so maybe maybe they offer you up like a 5.56. Five, so the, the reason I propose this as well, the left wants something. They want universal health care, and they think they're deserving of it because they think it's a human right. The Constitution says the right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed, and conservatives want guns. So the compromise is, okay, then you can have universal health care for everybody, including the conservatives, and the conservatives also recognize that you will get guns too. Sounds great. I'm in. Everybody wins. And we do this all with the money that we get from the millionaire movie stars. Yes. That's right. All we right. tax all the Hollywood millionaires and billionaires, and we use that to fund healthcare and guns. Can I? Still... It would not fund either of those things, but sure. <laughs> Can I still tax the poor in my neighborhoods yeah. that I choose? If they vote for you. Thank you. There you go. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> before you leave, please do two things. Smash the like button and subscribe. But actually, do one more thing. Share the show if you really like it. And leave a good review if you're listening on iTunes or Spotify, because that also really does help. But uh, engagement, you know, commenting, liking, subscribing, all that stuff really helps. And um, we are weeks away from breaking one million yes. subscribers on this channel. So thank you all so much to everybody. And for those of you that are members over at TimCast.com, we're going to have a, a, a raunchy and profanity-laced bonus segment coming up just later in the night. So go to TimCast.com, become a member. And for all of you who are members, you have no idea how important you are helping keep all of this running because, look, ratings are down for everybody across the board. Ad rates are down for everybody across the board. It is the TimCast.com memberships that are renewing this this operation and allowing us to expand and do more things, which we are doing. New website coming soon. And without your support, this would not be possible. So thank you all so much. You can follow me on all social media platforms at TimCast. My other YouTube channels are youtube.com slash TimCast and youtube.com slash TimCastNews. This show is live Monday through Friday at 8 p.m. So thank you all so much for hanging out. Aaron, you want to shout anything out? Social media shows? Uh, my Twitter is at AaronBergComedy. Instagram is the same thing. In Hot Water is live every day on CompoundMedia.com, 2 p.m. Uh, I will be at Uncle Vinny's in Point Pleasant, April 2nd and 3rd. Comedians of the Compound will be at Stand Up New York, April 9th. And uh, just check my website, AaronBerg.com or CompoundComedy.com. And my store, In Hot Water Store, has all the great merch that you need. Thank you. Nice. You can follow me at IanCrossland.net. Check out all my social medias there. Ian Crossland, coming at you. And I am Sarah Patch Liz, as you all know. Liz, not Liz. I mean, please don't call me Liz. And I really appreciate reading all you guys' reviews on the podcast. It's really kind of interesting to go through. We get great reviews. Everyone likes us. Believe me, we're the best podcast. I am Real Sour Patch Lids on Twitter and Minds. Follow me there. One day, there, there, let me start over. There's a lot of people who think they're too big to come on this show. And they say, oh, I'm so special. Well, I'll tell you what. One day this show is going to be the biggest show. And then those people are going to be begging to come on this show. 
And they'll be welcome because we're reasonable people and we don't hold grudges. But uh, I really do hope with your support, this show becomes bigger, becomes better. We improve. We bring on more and better guests. More people have real conversations. So tremendous. Thank you for all your support. And we will see you over at TimCast.com in our exclusive members only segment. Bye, guys.